On this episode of Telling the Odds, we give you an origin to us, to the hosts, to the show itself, and we take a Star Wars questionnaire to give you a little insight as to what this podcast is all about. All that and more, coming up now. So we're not expecting a lot, but we've got a good following on uh, Facebook so far. So uh, that was very, we were very happy to see that. So thank you very much for anyone who is listening right now. We very much appreciate it. Uh, so I think we should introduce ourselves and uh, my co-host, Michael, how are you doing? Hello, I am Michael. Yes, I am the co-host of the Telling the Odds podcast. Uh, yeah, should be fun. Ready to go. Hopefully there are some listeners out there and we're not just talking to ourselves in an empty room. <laughs> we want to do this for a while, haven't we? Oh yeah, definitely. It's been yeah. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Today's going to be a very chill episode. Uh, we're not thinking of doing anything too major. It is our, it is episode number one, and uh, there hasn't been an overabundance of Star Wars news this week. There's been like a couple things that we were talking about. I mean, but... Star Wars has kind of been non-stop since Disney bought it, so <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. does, it is a bit of a lax period yeah. right now. And but... you know, I mean, we were sort of hoping to do this around the time that May the 4th hit. But nothing happened. Everything's normal in the yeah, world right now. I mean, now. the only thing that happened was that Rise of Skywalker came out on Disney+, Plus, mm. and... Um, what, that Mandalorian documentary series no. started? Um, which we'll talk about a, l- uh, a little bit. Yes. I've been watching that, and it's mm. really, really interesting. The last episode came out, uh, not the last episode, the most recent episode came out uh, this morning, and I found it really, really interesting, and you know, we can talk about that as it continues to go on. Yes. Uh, but otherwise, we've got a couple of things to get into today. Uh, because we are new and you don't know anything about us, we're going to use this as an introduction. So, uh, Let's get into it. Yeah, so telling the odds. Uh, basically, the name comes from Star Wars Celebration last year. Oh, wait, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. Uh, probably, yes. Yeah, when uh, Anthony, da- Anthony Daniels, C-3PO himself, uh, came on to the Rise of Skywalker panel with uh, Stephen Colbert and stuff like that, and he was talking about his, his autobiography mm. and the name that he was going to use for it. Uh, and he, was, he, he tested it with the audience because they eventually went up with a whole new title because they didn't think the first title would make sense to anyone. Right. Right. So only two Star Wars fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah, so he tested the the original title out. Everyone loved it. It's got a new title now. It's like I Am C Three PO: The Life of Anthony Daniels, something like that. Three. Sure, yeah, exactly. I'm sure it's a great book. But mm. uh, the original title that he was going to go with, and that was really loved by the fan base, was Telling the Odds. Right. So he stole it. <laughs> well, in a way, yeah. No, I, it's, it's honoring well. it, Michael. What oh, are you exactly, talking about? Exactly. <laughs> It's not only honouring it, but it's honouring like the best movie of all time as well. It is. Well, you know what the funny thing is? Mm. I was on Instagram this morning, and Star Wars, you know, the official Star Wars Instagram page put out a, a new post, mm. and it was Han and Leia in the Empire Strikes Back before they go into the asteroid field, and the huge writing in this post was, never tell me the odds. Oh, on the same day that we're going to take our maiden voyage onto Apple Podcasts, Must be fate. the Star Wars uh, uh, official page puts out a thing that says, never tell me the odds. So yes. I'm just like, is this... Definitely okay, for us. Telling us Definitely to like, for us. Beware of this podcast. Like, like, oh. Good luck out there, Jack and Michael. We're, we're ready. I hope. I hope the uh, the Star Wars gods are with we'll us. Change the fate of the podcasting Star Wars world. The wills, you know, the wills. Oh yeah. yes, <laughs> we're, to- we're totally written in the wills. Oh, we're going into the obscure Star Wars stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've got a couple of things to get into today. Um, where do you want to start, Michael? Uh, so we should should we talk about uh, ourselves and like who we are as like Star Wars fans or? Great idea. Uh, yeah. Well. 
basically, Michael and I have known each other for a long time. And, because yes. uh, we went to school together. And a lot of the time when we were just having discussions in class, especially in, the, in our last year of school, we would always talk about Star Wars. Right. It was the only thing on our minds. It got us in trouble sometimes, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but the most useful way to use class, definitely. Exactly. The mo- and the, the thing that we always said was that our trade-off, like our banter in terms of Star Wars, oh. would make a great podcast. Mm. Like, just these... These, these casual discussions. Yeah, just casual hour-long discussions about some obscure Star Wars thing we like, you know. I mean, what else is new, really? What else is What new? else do we do? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's basically where the idea for the podcast came from. In terms of us, uh, we are both incredibly huge Star Wars fans. Mm. I, 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 Slight, you know, a couple, couple of movies I like. Yeah, you know, yeah just, oh, we... That yeah. one with the spaceships is cool. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, laser swords and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. yeah. It's all very, you know, we're cool kids, basically. Oh, I'm very cool. <laughs> Don't believe me, please. Uh, please believe me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm actually really envious of you, Michael, because your whole family is so <laughs> Star Wars-centric. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, because we're all big Star Wars fans. Probably the, the less, least Star Wars fan is my sister. But, uh, and, and because she at least likes Star Wars, like, everyone just assumes that she's a huge Star Wars fan. But, yeah. like, she's, like, the least out of us just mm-hmm. because we're all, like, massively Star Wars fans. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. And it's, it, it goes without saying that we probably are uh, recording this at Michael's house because of the fact that I love Star Wars, but in terms of the people in my family, that is where the line ends. Mm. Because, not that they don't, not that they, like, you know, see me watching Star Wars and they're just like, oh, why are you watching this? Oh, come on, right? No, no, but they just don't, it's not their thing. It's, it's not like, their thing, which is you, totally fine. We'll let you keep your little laser swords and running around and stuff like that. We'll just stick to our cool things. I often tell my dad, like, you know, did you go see Empire in the, in the cinemas and, like, stuff like that? And he said, yeah, I did, but he's never really caught on and stuff right. like that. I often talk to him about, you know, what was the live reaction mm. to I Am Your Father? Because that's like just something that I've always... Yeah, like, something we'll never experience. If, if time travel ever is invented, the first place I'm going is May 1980. <laughs> <laughs> Not to get your reaction, to check everyone else's. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, well, you know what? I've always told myself that I've, I, I would want to be born in like the late 60s mm. so that I would be like Our just age. under 10 years old oh, for the first Star Wars. Yes. And I'd be... I, I just get to... How I just, many years? I yeah. get to grow up with them, which is great. Yeah. But... You know, um, but then you'd have to wait like twenty years for the other ones. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm kind of happy with the ones we are because we've got like all of the old ones, and then we've got all these new ones coming out. That's why, like, you know, when my friend, when my parents and stuff, they have like young kids who've just been born, or like they're just learning to speak or whatever, and they're um, I'm babysitting them and watching movies. This, like, I have a I have an empty brain to fill mm. with Star Wars stuff because oh, yes. I feel like that if I ever like you know if I ever if I ever have a kid or something hey, like kid, that come look at this cool thing I like <laughs> when I show them Star Wars I would want to show them show it to them all chronologically now that we have all this stuff <laughs> it, 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 that's it, risky it'd take a long time because I'd get to the prequels and then mm. I'd and then I'd I'd watch the entirety of the Clone Wars with them and then you know Revenge of the Sith and you know uh Solo, Rebels, Rogue One, right. and just then you get into the original like trilogy, and then you get into the Mandalorian. Be very confused, now. but lots It'd be of very, fun. very confused, but it I don't it doesn't matter. Why are you <laughs> This is how quickly this podcast just turned into talking about it's some random rambling fun times. Just random kids that don't exist. <laughs> uh, Hypothetical children. Yeah, so anyway, what we're gonna do now is another way of getting you guys indebted into who we are as Star Wars fans. We're going to do a Star Wars questionnaire. questionnaire. It, is, it, uh, it is a couple of questions that we are going to answer that will give us, you know, best Star Wars character. Mm. Star, uh, sorry, not best. Favourite Star Wars character. <laughs> no, the, it is the best. Yeah, just well, subjectively look, the best. <laughs> I don't want to call someone the best Star Wars character. Look, we're not saying your opinion is wrong. It just is. It's just, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we're 
We're not saying it, but it is true. Okay, now I can see a red dot on Michael's forehead. But yeah, so that's where we're going to start out. So uh, we can get started with that. Michael, what do you reckon? The first question yes. is uh, your earliest Star Wars memory. So you want to start out Should with that? Should be fun. Well, uh, for me, my earliest Star Wars memory, oh, pretty far back, uh, five or six, maybe, maybe even earlier, uh, I actually... First Star Wars thing I remember is playing Lego Star Wars, uh, the original game on my PC, and experiencing the stories through that. So I actually played the Lego Star Wars games before watching like Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, and all that. Really? So yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. So yeah, I knew all the stories before going in. Um, but like I did also watch uh, original trilogy, like New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back, all of that around the same time. So cool. yeah, I've loved Star Wars since I was only a little boy, very little one. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so that's my earliest memory, and then like you know, always been a passing interest in Star Wars. But Force Awakens comes out. That's when I went headfirst. That's when oh, yeah. I went full nerd. Got into like all the expanded uh, lore, all the movies. Just because paying I attention to everything. I remember the I remember the experience of seeing Force Awakens in cinema because yeah. obviously you know we you know. Up until that point, the most mm. recent film was Revenge of the Sith, yes. and we were four when it came out. Yeah, we're in the younglings, so yeah. <laughs> we're in the any yeah. oldies up there. We're in the uh, little Jedi younglings. Exactly. So yeah, that, that that gives you a bit of an insight. We're really only very young, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Anakin Skywalker is coming for us any minute. But yeah, uh, yeah so when Master I saw Skywalker. when I saw Force Awakens, it's too many of them. What are we going to do? <laughs> um, I watched Revenge of the Sith last night, so and it's good. just, oh, so good. Warning, there will be many prequel memes in these podcasts. Very, very, very many. It's sequel memes in original trilogy. Yeah, memes, just, just everything you <laughs> can think of a Star Wars, we're probably going to get to it. It will be good. Yeah, but anyway, in regards to Force Awakens, I remember sitting in that cinema and watching the, obviously, the, the huge boom mm. of theme that you see, when, <laughs> that you hear when, uh, when, Star Wars, was... when Star Wars starts. Having never underestimated, yeah, uh, the, the first yeah. time in cinemas you, feeling the theme. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Because you've, we've experienced yeah. that title crawl. Yeah, it's on like a TV. God knows how many times, mm, just exactly. on DVD, on yeah. Blu-ray. But when you see it in a cinema, <sighs> it blows you away. Yeah, like m me, I don't go to the cinemas too often. But Star Wars, that's an instant go to the cinemas. Like day oh, one, hundred percent. Pretty much, I, yeah. I think I went day one, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. <clears throat> Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I was in. Um, I was in Bali when, when Rise of Skywalker oh. came out, and I didn't care because, uh, yeah. like, you know... You still I, had to watch it. I, I didn't even care that it was going to be, like, weird subtitles yes. on that I didn't understand, and, like, you know, they, they showed these weird yeah. ads that I don't oh, even understand. Yeah. My just, brother I, watched just, Star Wars I, in Mexico, and, like, half the screen was cut off. It was yeah, great. no, I, I needed to go to the... Like, it was the smallest cinema you could ever imagine. It was, like... Yeah. It, it was... Uh, very this, this cinema was held up by prime like, experience to watch Star Wars in yeah uh, but I really didn't care I watched yeah. Rise of Skywalker that and then yeah. I watched it when I got home yeah. in the cinemas and I've watched it once more on Disney Plus so right. I've, seen the, I've seen Rise of Skywalker three times at this point Oof. I've only yeah. seen it once if we do do an episode oh, I do if we do an episode on it I will have to watch it again just so I can actually re recollect my thoughts on it but yeah yeah that's fair enough um, yeah, so, anyway, <laughs> that's how quickly we... That's how the first question is. This is going to take a while. That's how, we, that's how quickly we divert to other stuff. But anyway, my first uh, Star Wars memory was actually... I can, it's so vivid that I can still remember it. I was mm. very young and I was like, I don't know, I would have been like four or five. Uh, I have an older sister and she was living elsewhere at the time. So I was over at her, like, like, like her unit or whatever. And she's, again, I'm still very young. So she's babysitting me while my mum and dad are doing God knows what. Uh, and... Uh, six words, Michael. Six words changed my life. Uh, have you ever seen Star Wars? Ooh. A New Hope was on. 
Uh, I don't remember a lot of it because, I, because, again, I was very young, but I can still so vividly remember seeing Darth Vader walk down the corridor of, 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 uh, of Tantive 4, and mm. it was just... Oh, God. I mean, technically it's pronounced Tantive 4, but... Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we did not, we did not accept I'm so that. incredibly sorry, Michael. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I do not like that pronunciation. I think I need to resign myself in this podcast. Well, we need to have a little section. Well, technically, the uh, actual like, canon answer is... <laughs> So, yeah, that is my earliest Star Wars memory. It's a little bit more, you know, a uh, little less in-depth than Michael's was. Oh, but less in-depth. Yeah. Mine's just like Lego going to okay. speak each other. Uh, yeah, question two, Michael. What question two. Well, the, the question two we have is, what is our favourite Star Wars film? Okay. Um, now... I answered I'm, first this time, so I think we'll give it over to Jack. I'm pretty sure I know yours. Perhaps. Uh, do I know yours? Uh... Probably. Is it what I would think? It's a uh, pretty, pretty uh, common answer, so... Okay, cool. Do you want to say it at the same time, see if it's the same? Uno, dos, tres. Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. Yeah. yeah. By the way, happy 40th birthday to Empire Strikes Back. <coughs> we only missed it by two days. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, happy belated birthday to Empire Strikes Back. Yes, we're recording um, this on the 23rd, so... Yeah, we are. Um, and uh, also, happy 15th birthday to Revenge of the Sith. More important birthday. Yeah, well... <laughs> Even though I put Empire Strikes Back as my favourite film. Dude, okay, gonna... makes no sense. Yeah, look, happy birthday, Revenge of the Sith. You mm. have aged very, very well in my opinion. Oh, yeah, like... Yeah, just aged like way better than what it first came out. Aged like fine wine. The finest, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, we so were talking about Empire Strikes Back. Yes, it? Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I mean, what can you say? It's mm. the best. It's the best. It's very good. Uh, yeah, it's so good. I don't know if you guys realise, but Star Wars is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, well, we're doing a podcast about it. I think so, so yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the name of our podcast comes from Empire Strikes Back, so... It may or may not be our favourite, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, so... I mean, what more can you say? Everything about Empire Strikes Back is said. I mean, like lightsabers. It, it literally Yoda. It literally does not have a dull point because of that. It just keeps yeah, going. It that's, goes from, that's definitely true. It like, goes. It goes from hot love original trilogy straight to the asteroid. Some field moments fight. haven't aged the best, but Empire Strikes Back is through and through consistently a good film. I was actually watching a YouTube video this morning about how the fight between Vader and Luke is the best lightsaber duel. Uh, ever. And yeah, this is actually like, related to another question that we're going to have. Probably like filmic, like thematically and yeah. like emotionally, yeah, definitely. Exactly, well, that's what I'm saying. Thematically and yeah. emotionally, this film is so perfect. It's because, well yeah, because uh, it was a really uh, cool analogy that I saw this guy use in this YouTube video is that when he arrives in Cloud City, all these corridors are beautifully white and rich, they're perfectly mm -hmm. clean, and then literally a second later, it cuts to Luke coming out, out of that circular pod thing. That right. he, he ends up in the Carbonite Chamber, and that's when the fight with Darth Vader starts. So, the and the analogy that was used was that he is walking through heaven to get to hell, where, where he meets the devil. Of course. Like, I mean, it's a sort of like on the nose and analogy. I didn't but, pick this up. Then. Yeah, but like, you know, it's it's that sort you of You get the emotional beats, though. Yeah. That Erwin Kirshner, you know, brought in to the, to, to, the, to, mm. the, to, the, to the franchise. Yes. It was just so, so, so cool. Um, because... It's clear that after A New Hope, George Lucas probably wanted to step away from directing yeah. things as it put him in the hospital. Oh, but, wow, yeah. Yeah. He, did, you like, know, did you know that? I did not know that. He went to hospital because he was that stressed. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, a lot of pressure. He did create, like, the biggest movie at the time it came out. So. He did, yeah. Well, because I've always just wanted to see an autobiography, uh, sorry, an autobiographical film about George right, Lucas. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to just see, you know, The Disaster Artist? It was like oh, a, yeah, that a was, movie about the making yeah, of the room. I have seen Disaster Artist. I'd love to have something like that. For Star Wars because that would be because seeing the seeing the reception by the people before it came out, people saying yeah. this is the worst movie of all time. Yeah, people, and you know, the, you know, I think it was like George Lucas's agent. He goes back to this huge board of directors at Fox, and people are saying this guy is screwing us around. And, and you <laughs> need to, did they know? You need to shut down this production right now, otherwise they're going to bury us. 
it did not happen, did it, Michael? No, it did not. And it's yeah. very glad for it because otherwise we wouldn't be here. I mean, exactly. we didn't be exist, but yeah. we wouldn't be doing a podcast. I so. believe it was also George Lucas's birthday recently. So happy birthday, George. Because I'm a good stag. Sorry? No, what? Yes, happy birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, Empire Strikes Back, best Star Wars movie in our opinion. So I mean, the ultimate reason, though, is, I mean, Boba Fett, so... It did introduce Boba Fett. It's got yeah. Boba Fett. Well, yeah. it didn't introduce him. It introduced him to the cinematic world. You know what did introduce him? <laughs> holiday special. The holiday special. <laughs> I think he was in a parade. I think he was in a parade first, then holiday special. I remember, because I think it was the fact that the very first thing that people saw of him was uh, he was released as like an action figure. Right. And he was just like, this is a... Very uh, cool looking character. This is, this is a character that's going to appear in uh, Star Wars 2. He didn't even have a name. Star Wars like, 2. Star Wars 2. That's so good. Um, yeah, and it was like, you know, those weird action figures yeah, that yes. have like a lightsaber attached Choking to Choking hazards. Hand. Exactly. Like, uh, what are they called? Kenner? Kenner toys? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep, so Empire Strikes Back, best Star Wars movie in our opinion, Michael. The best filmer. Question three. Question three uh, we have is favourite Star Wars character. Favourite Star Wars now character. this may get a little controversial. Oh yeah, uh, I, I know that Michael's, um, I, I mean I know Star Wars very very well. Michael's knowledge of the in-depth and most obscure characters you've ever thought of is Incredible. Well, yes, I know some obscure stuff. I don't know every obscure stuff. You could be like, "Oh, is this your favorite character?" And I'd be like, "Who?" But like, you know, it's good fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that we're gonna do very shortly on when we get this podcast started. Is I'd love to do just like a segment where oh. Michael just talks about a really <laughs> obscure and ridiculous character that's really that good. you've never heard of, but mm. it's you really need to important hear about Star Wars characters that you've never heard of. Yeah. Yes. Uh. Yeah. So, Michael, what is your? Who is your favorite Star Wars character? Okay. Um. Well. Some of you uh, more casual Star Wars fans might not know, but like hopefully, hopefully you've heard of this guy. Uh, my favorite Star Wars character is actually Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh, good one! He is just—he's probably the most compelling villain I've ever seen oh, in almost all like stories. Yeah, he's just so terrifying, but also so magnetic. He controls everything he's in. Uh, he, he feels such like a threat, which especially because mostly I've only ever experienced him in canon material, i.e. books and the Star Wars Rebels. Rebels yeah. But in Rebels, he just completely changes that show. Like, the Rebels is fun. The first yeah. one, two seasons of Rebels mm-hmm. are fun. They're like kind of just Jedis running around, finding Inquisitors and stuff, but it never really has stakes. Yeah. Thrawn comes in, when Thrawn comes in that is, show yeah. gets insane. It gets stakes, it has, there's, there's emotions, like, it, he changes the show, he yeah. carries that show. Thrawn is my favourite character just because he represents my favourite thing about Star Wars, which is just powerful characters, yeah. control, like, and, like, really, really creative guys. So not only is he an, uh, an alien, which is really fun, because mm. Empire, bit, bit xenophobic, they only like humans, and That's he true. was so competent as a, a general that he was able to completely bypass all their prejudices and yeah. just, like, rise to the highest rank. He's a perfect tactician. Well, and Yeah. Well, Cad Bane made the Juros... Juros He made that famous he And then the chest Grand Admiral Thorne yes. just expanded That so well to the mm. point where you're just like I don't want to stop looking at this guy Yes. Um, and but the thing about the Juros and the Chiss Is they're technically different species But both have blue skin and red eyes Except one's humanoid and one's like shape, uh, Oval shaped Did yeah. I get that wrong? Yeah, they're oh, actually different species no. It's okay <laughs> Well, technically, no Yes, uh, yeah, so Grand Admiral Thorne is a Chiss, which is he's a, a species. I beg no, your no pardon, Star Wars. Book, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's a Chiss, uh, which is from the out, out unknown regions of Star Wars. Oh, sorry. He's a Chiss. He's from the unknown regions of 
Starless, so they're kind of a mysterious race that have never been seen before. They kind of look like Pandorans, which are like entirely blue, but yep. they've got red eyes and blue, and like, uh, yeah, red eyes, bluish hair, so a bit confusing. But yes, they are technically different to Duros. Right. That's alright. We, we can edit that. it out and make like look like they you knew what you were doing the whole time. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna get torn apart. Okay, anyway, uh, my favourite Star Wars character, it's, you know, it's pretty basic, mm. but you just can't go wrong with Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favourite Star Wars character because of the fact that his... Good choice. His, his journey that they actually expand a lot on in Clone Wars is um, the contrasting of him and Anakin in terms mm. of the choices they make because obviously, you know, Anakin with Padme, married, had kids <laughs> or whatever. And look, especially after Clone Wars Season 7, you get an indication that Obi-Wan did know. Oh, he, for sure. He knew in Episode 2. Yeah. <laughs> he knew in Episode 2. Um, but... The difference between Anakin and Obi Wan. Anakin has all these feelings, but he doesn't let it cloud his judgment. He right. and he doesn't. And sorry, right. my mistake. Uh, Obi Wan. Anakin has all these feelings and all this, you know, anger and love for Padme and stuff. And yeah. he sort of lets that guide what he does. Oh, he's able to be manipulated by it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Obi Wan doesn't matter how much Maul will take from him. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, yes. It doesn't matter how much of that stuff that that, that that happens. And this is actually like exemplified perfectly. In the first episode of the Seizure Mandalore Ark and Clone mm. Season 7, which we will get into. We will get deep into it. Um, Qui Gon, gone. Oh. Uh, D- uh, Satine was killed Tragic. right in front of him, mm. and he's lost so much, and he still remains this, he, he still has his principles. Mm. And that's what I love about Obi Wan is that he, not, not to discredit Anakin in any way, but he has all these things that have happened to him, and, right. it, doesn't le- and it doesn't let him, uh, uh, it doesn't let it affect him. Even when he has that final show, showdown with Maul in yeah. Rebels. He's trying to taunt him into fighting and like, look what ha- look what's become of you. A rat in the desert. But he, he's not phased at all. He doesn't want to fight more. He just wants to, you know, he just wants this to end. Yeah. And the, the journey that Obi-Wan has gone through is the best part about Star Wars it's for me. probably the most complete arc in, the, in oh, the, all of the Star Wars. That's probably. why I'm so much looking forward like, to Maybe the only other one would be Luke and like yeah. Anakin. But like Obi-Wan is just, he, his change as a character and his just like progression into who he is in the original trilogy. Yeah. It's, it's so much more complete than all the other prequel ones because most of the prequels, it's like, well, we know where they're gonna be, how they get there, and it feels kind of contrived. Yeah. Obi Wan, it just, it's the same character the whole time. It's like you yeah. feel like, especially you and McGregor, he just picks up where, yeah. where Alakin has left off, and even in Clone Wars, um, yeah. who's who's the voice actor for James Arnold Taylor? James Arnold Taylor. James Arnold. Does a great Taylor. job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of the time in Revenge of the Sith, uh, you know, at the end. A lot of people say that, you know, the, the ending is very much contrived to put everyone into their A New Hope starting position. Right, yes. You want to call it that? Yes. Um, 19 so, years in the world went to... Woo. So obviously Obi-Wan needs to end up on Tatooine somehow by the end of Revenge of the Sith. But that doesn't let... He, but his arc itself, that doesn't stop it from being really, really good in yes. the lead up to it. No. And that gap is going to be filled in the Kenobi series, which I'm so much... Very exciting. Yes. yes. Uh, How much could happen in 19 years? Yeah. So anyway, basically what I was saying about that part in Clone Wars Season 7 with Obi-Wan is when... He is saying we can't go to Mandalore because because yeah. Chancellor's just been kidnapped and Bo-Katan's trying to get him exactly. to. He's basically she's basically trying to coax him into coming with him, <laughs> and she's like, "You liked my sister, right? Help! He killed he killed my sister. I yes. thought that meant something to you. You killed right? my sister. Prepare to die." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Obi Wan's just like she did. She still mm-hmm. does, but I can't let that change what I need to do. Exactly. All right. That's how strong Obi Wan is as a character. His conviction, and that's why he's my favorite. Yes. But I mean, to, you're, you are forgetting the most important thing about Obi Wan, which is who's that? Hello there. He has the high ground as well. <laughs> yes. Prequel um, memes, people are coming. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So, Michael, question four. Uh, question four. Uh, oh, 
This is actually favorite Star Wars movie scene. Favorite Star Wars movie scene. Yes, scene in the films. Yeah. Okay. Well, mine uh, is actually just the ending of Return of the Jedi. Because of the fact that, like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, scenes that are more impactful, more thematic and stuff. But I love a happy ending. Mm. Alright, so, so, so Return of the Jedi's ending is just really lovely for me to listen to. Especially yeah. when it's the original version. Uh, you don't like the, version. You like the ones with all of the, like, Naboo shows up and, like, Coruscant. Oh, I do like that. But, uh, I do love, you know, the the scope that you get of the yeah. other planets. Mm. Uh, especially when you hear a Gungan say, We saw <laughs> yes, you are free. Yeah, um, but the reason the main that that ending is my favorite not yeah. only is because the, in the original version when they have uh, uh, Yup Yup the Yup uh, Nub yes. the, the Ewok theme song, Very which good. I love to listen to. By the way, I love. Oh. I just I take walks. I ironically love the Star Wars music. I take walks in the park and just listen to Yup Nub. I'm not. I'm not kidding at all. <laughs> Soundtrack of life. Uh, yeah, so I just, I, I really do, I just love that ending. I can't really give that much explanation to it, but I just love watching that scene. Especially enhanced when Hayden Christensen shows up as a ghost? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it goes either way. Like, mm. I don't, uh, because I understand. It's problematic the, at the first time, but, like, at the, this point, Hayden Christensen is Anakin. The reason, can't deny it. The reason he's there yeah. is because the last time Anakin was Anakin mm. was when he still looked like Hayden Christensen. Yes. Uh, so and he gets around the whole how they learn how to be Force Ghosts because Chosen One. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you know, you don't have to go to some Qui-Gon tutorial. No. You just have to, you know, die and then show up. Hi guys, welcome to this learning how to be a Star Wars false ghost video. In this <laughs> video, we're going to teach you how to... Yeah. Lesson one, obscure voiceovers while you're in an next week. <laughs> Lesson two, be the chosen one. <laughs> if you're not the chosen one, you might as well just get in. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that is my favourite scene in mm. Star Wars. Uh, Michael, what's yours? Uh, mine's a bit of a strange one, not too common, but my favourite scene is actually from A New Hope, and it is the Tarkin scene with, uh, Alderaan, where he's interrogate. Really? yes, we're trying to, uh, interrogate Princess Leia, or not interrogate, uh, trying to position the rebel base. Just because, it out of her, yeah. yeah. Uh, number of reasons. One, Tarkin is great. He's, he's the best. Do you know, yes. you probably know, but in that scene... Oh, that's the reason. Two two things. Yes. Two very fluffy reasons. One, the boots. <laughs> oh my gosh. The uh, entire time while they are filming that scene. Peter, Peter Cushing. Peter yep. Cushing is wearing slippers. And <laughs> yes, Peter Cushing is very cushioned. It's yeah. very good. Uh, sorry, I interrupted. Go no, no, no. That, that's one of the reasons. I mean, yeah. it's just like ha the fact that he could be taken so seriously, so dramatic, just command the room while wearing the fluffiest slippers is <laughs> a credit to Peter Cushing. Well, that, well, that part where Leia is just like... So yes. Dantooine, and she looks down. Oh yeah. You can only imagine that Carrie Fisher is just like, looking at those. Like, don't break character. Okay, don't break character. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're making a good movie here, mm. but why is the evil cheekbones yes. guy in slippers? <laughs> oh, because so uncomfortable boots. The second reason is randomly, inexplicably uh, British Carrie Fisher. Like, oh yeah, that's my favorite thing. I love watching A New Hope because for some reason. Inexplicably, at random points, Carrie Fisher will start speaking with a British accent. Because she was going to school in London at the time. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so... But it, it's so confusing. Because she goes, I recognise your foul stench. Yeah, when and you walked by, on board. Yeah, and by the time they... Uh, like, Please, don't do it. Yeah, and, they, and by the time they arrive in the prison cell, yes. aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Yeah, yeah so, you know, you, know, you know what? Carrie Fisher will be Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah, no. It's great, though. It just... It's, it's such a fun scene as well. I mean... It also does result in... Oh, yeah, sorry. It also does result in the death of uh, billions of people crying out in fear. Perhaps. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, so, you know, death of Alderaan and all. But, uh... Mm -hmm. 
And that's my favourite scene. Just fun just, behind yeah. the scenes things, but also Tarkin's great. Well, it's it's just a great scene because yeah. you because you see how like Darth Vader could oh, get it out of her. Oh, and exactly. Then, and then Tarkin just says a couple things, and you know he he's great at bargaining. Oh, he Tarkin is maybe my second favourite Imperial commander because like I mean Thrawn's great, but like Tarkin's next up there. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, that's my answer to question yeah. four. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's your answer. Uh, Michael, what is question five? So, question five we have is actually favourite Star Wars quote. This is one I was really uh, excited to, to answer. Uh, I answered first, Michael. Go ahead. Uh, cool. So, for me, uh, it's not really too famous, but it's just it's just my favourite line. And that is uh, when when Luke says, I'm not afraid, and then Yoda, he like leans right in close and goes... You will be. Oh, you yeah. will be. <laughs> that is. I mean, not only do we get to see a completely different side of Yoda, just just be like completely taunting you, Luke. Like, mate, you don't know what's coming to you, mate. This is, this is the force we're talking about. This ain't this ain't some flying an X-wing or running around being yeah. a stormtrooper. This, this is a force. Mm -hmm. uh, so that it like it it really changes your perception of like the force is not something to be messed with. It's like you need to be very like you need to be careful. Oh yeah. You do not want to fall to the dark side. So, like it's as easy as being manipulated into. Um, trying to save your wife uh, from Coruscant or whatever happened in the Revengers did, but like, I don't know. It just it changes the perception we have of Yoda. It gives us an interesting perspective on the Force, and it's just hilarious just yeah. seeing Yoda going, "You will be." Well, the reason that that's so cool is because they, mm. like at that point in Empire Strikes Back, yeah. you're getting this fun, wacky Yoda who's oh, like, yes. "Take you to you, my brother." He's playing with his torch, and Yoda is great in that he's, film. And eating, he's eating his lunch and whatever, and mm. that's at the point where none of us knew. That's another reason why I just want yeah. to go and see yes. Empire Strikes Back for the first time. Is because this little green thing is because Jedi Master. You can't no imagine way. that that would be a Jedi Master, and then yeah. because the thing is, is that because you know, as well us as well as Luke himself idealize the Jedi. Yes. The, so he thinks that when he's gonna find this Jedi Master Yoda, mm. he thinks he's gonna find some amazing person sitting on a throne or something right. like that. Uh, and he sees this little guy, and mm. he thinks you can't be a Jedi Master. So it really just it, it gives a whole new meaning to size matters not, which exactly. is what Yoda says. That's not my favorite quote. It's just another Yoda yes, quote. Yes, exactly. Um, All the Yoda quotes are pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite quote. Mm. <laughs> Guess what? Is another Yoda quote. Oh yes. Uh, but it's from a little bit later in mm. the saga. It's actually from the Last Jedi. Uh, in that small scene that you get of Yoda when he tells Luke, uh, is it the book that, one? Sorry. Is it the book one? No, no. no. <laughs> it's not the not turn pages. They were for you to look past a pile of old books. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Okay. We are what they grow beyond. Ah. Uh is my favourite quote in all of Star Wars. Very good. Uh, I, oh, that is a good choice. It just has so much meaning, not just Star Wars, just to life. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I... I, I it just, it's an amazing quote, only because it teaches Luke everything he needs to know about the fact that he's... Yeah. He, he doesn't want to train Rey, and, mm. and it helps him come to terms with what he sees as his failure with Kylo. Yeah. But it also is just applicable to people who, like, you know, just teaches... You know, yeah. parents to children, everything. It's so applicable it's such to a everything. Strong sentiment, yeah. And, and yeah, it's just oh god. I it's mean, like it's, it's part of like the whole point of the Last Jedi. Is it? It's it is. like it's it's a different perception on what it means to be like like to like have have failures in, in like you, or what you tried to, to teach with like Kylo Ren, but then like that doesn't that doesn't change, define you. Like you can you can improve yourself. Like she he did end up helping Ray, and then like that ended up saving the galaxy. Like, exactly. I, yeah. Last Jedi is got a lot of good meanings like that. I, yeah, I do love Last Jedi because. When it all what it all boils down to is if you ask George Lucas, it'll, he'll say Star Wars is about family. Yeah. It is. And that quote is so applicable to so many familial themes that you see in Star Wars. Not for sure. Which is why it's my favourite quote. Yeah. yeah. I, I, 
it was between that and the quote that he says right before, which is the greatest teacher failure is. Because mm. that's just another quote that you can apply yeah. to so many yeah. different things in life. But uh, you're yeah. spitting truths. Favorite Star Wars quote? We're getting deep on our first we, episode. Ah, it's, it's getting, might take a while. <laughs> uh, nice. Was the episode uh, question six we're up to? Yep. Uh, I believe this is favorite prequel character. Yes. Uh, did you go first last time? I, yes, I did. did. So okay. Uh, my favorite Star Wars character is Qui Gon Jinn. Prequel, prequel character. Yeah. Yes. yes. Prequel character. Yes. Uh, so he might I, be a favorite Star Wars character. Yeah, Actually, because he was because you already said that. I, I tried to sort of like yeah. you know localize the characters to people who just show up in the prequels. Exactly. Because you know Obi Wan Kenobi is my favorite character, so I'm not going to just oh. say as a copy. I out. didn't. <laughs> But my favourite part of him is from the prequels. We'll get yes, to that. We'll right, get to that. No, totally fine. Yep. No, yeah, because... Oh, okay, so your, your favourite character is... Uh, your favourite prequel character is everyone, is it? No. Oh, it's not? No, we'll get to that. We'll get to, you're, you're up, you're oh, up. Oh, no worries, no worries. We'll get to that. Yeah, my favourite uh, Star Wars prequel character is Qui-Gon Jinn. For many reasons. Number one, he's awesome. Oh, because, yeah. And just the fight that he has with Qui-Gon Jinn... Uh, the fight that he has with Darth Maul, beg your pardon, is... Mm. is, is <laughs> he fights himself. Is great. Liam Neeson... Uh, is 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 really good as Qui Gon Jinn. If you had to pick like one main character in Phantom Menace, because there's no really, mm. pati- there's not particularly one, yeah, there's no really protagonist uh, main character. Because you yeah. could say it's Obi Wan, you could say it's Qui Gon, you could say it's Anakin, or you could say it's Jar Jar. Who cares? Yes, um, no, I yeah, I would agree. Obi Wan, uh, Qui Gon, he's definitely the central force in that film. He makes yeah. a lot of the decisions. The agency's on him a lot of the time, and like the stakes are like on him. Exactly. And I guess it switches with Obi Wan when Qui Gon. That's it, but like Qui Gon definitely is the driving force of that film. Yeah, uh, the reason I love Qui Gon is because he was not afraid to say what he thought to yeah. the hypocrisy of the Jedi. Council. Unconventional Jedi. He was, which, yeah, quite unknown. Any unconventional Jedi is worth talking about. I agree. Qui Gon yeah. Jinn, Quinlan Vos, they're all especially really cool. at the time of the prequels when the Jedi Order was really losing their way. Yeah, like, and he know, wasn't afraid to like, yeah, like pay, like realize. Like learn well, like what are we actually doing as a Jedi Order and question it's the, them. It's the reason he wasn't on the council. Oh yeah, because he because he had such radical views and he was okay with having these radical views exactly. that he didn't care that his views were frowned upon by exactly. the council. Exactly. And good choice. Yeah, and like you know because a lot of the dark themes that they discover mm. are very much a part of Qui Gon. Is like he says, "I turn towards the light because it's there." Right, so he really doesn't mind which side of the force he picks, but he's just on the light side because it's there. That's mm. what's the most interesting part about Qui Gon for me, yeah. is, uh, you know, he is not afraid to think what he thinks, and he directly contradicts the council when he says he wants to train Anakin, but they say right. no, yeah. and and that and a lot of the time I think I'm gonna take your no as a yes. Yeah, a, a lot of the time I think what would have happened if Qui Gon had trained Anakin, mm. because yeah, Anakin course. Anakin was radical all on himself and he had these oh, yeah. views and like you know he didn't want to he was afraid exactly I really really wonder what would have happened if Qui-Gon from a very young, from a, like his, the earliest strength in his training from, yeah. when, from when he was still a Padawan yes. like young like a youngling Padawan yeah. uh, if he would have instilled those same views in him would Anakin have still got, I think he would have still gone to the dark and it would have been all the more I think it would have been quicker honestly if Qui-Gon yeah. had trained him uh, I guess it, it all depends on yeah how, how yeah. he probably uh, Palpatine probably would have changed uh, his yeah. techniques and stuff. Yeah. And, and after the end of Clone Wars Season 5, and a lot of the things that you see her yes. say with Obi-Wan in Season 7, I imagine Qui-Gon and Ahsoka would have gotten on pretty well. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good point. Because she's... I mean, this is a whole other thing that we'll get into later, but, yeah. you know, uh, Ahsoka flat out says to Obi-Wan, you're playing politics again. Just You, <laughs> need, you need to do what's what's right, essentially. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly. And I imagine that in that moment, Obi-Wan thought a lot yeah, about what like his master would have said. Master Qui-Gon? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, 
Qui-Gon Jinn, for that reason, is my favourite character. Good choice. Uh, Michael, who's yours? For me? Uh, as again, oops, sorry, not technically created for the prequels or only in them, but okay. my favourite character is old Sheev himself. Yeah. Palpatine. 100%. He carries the prequels. I mean, he is the driving force of Ren and the Sith. He, like, his orchestration of the entire fall of the Jedi Order, his character between being a charming politician to manipulative Sith Lord, yeah. it's just, he is like, amazing in the prequels. I mean, Ian McDermott is just... He's still such a... Like, perfect mix of camp and just... And, like, Because he's so good in... The, oh. Ian McDermott is good. so good in the prequel trilogy. Almost and every prequel meme as well is, like, Ian McDermott. Like, he, he carries a lot of them. I mean, like, do it. And uh, <laughs> I am the Senate. It's very good. I just... I can't... Like, I think prequels, I think Palpatine. That's, like, my immediate... Like, that's my favourite prequels thing. So I can't go past Palpatine. Well, you know, Palpatine is just... He's, he's such a good character in the prequels to, mm. because it shows how many pies he had his fingers in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he was obviously mm. Chancellor. And, you know, because uh, shortly after... I'm pretty sure the whole thing where he kills Darth Plagueis in his sleep yes. happens shortly before Phantom Menace. Yes, so, it's... Uh, in Legends, there was a book called uh, Plagueis, which Plagueis, yes. was like roughly around that time. It hasn't been confirmed in canon, but it's still print heavily, yeah. heavily implied. I like to imagine time. it happened because... Most things like that where it hasn't actually had an answer in canon, the Legends is generally what's just assumed to be correct. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Sheev Palpatine. Sheev yeah. Palpatine. I mean, with a name like Sheev, you can't go past it. It's like they, it's like they saw uh, Sean and Steve. Yes. I can't pick. Let's just... Why not both? It's very good. Okay, uh, question seven. Question seven. Favourite original trilogy character? Favourite original trilogy character. So, uh, I guess I'm up first. You are Mine up first? is, well, I already mentioned a little bit. It's Tarkin. It's ta it's, I mean, it's Tarkin, right? For the he, short time that he's on screen, oh, he's so cool. Only one film. Uh, well, yeah, only, only one of the original trilogy films. Uh, but he is the best part of that film. He is, like, Vader is great. But... There's only one person in that room who stands up to Vader. There's only one person who Vader said, all right, stops messing around with, does yeah. a false choke, and that's Tarkin. There's two people that, that Darth Vader seems to take oh, yes. orders from. Sidious. Palpatine and Grand Moff Tarkin. And Grand Moff Tarkin. Like, I mean, not only has he, like, got such an intimidating, like, control of the room, like, I mean, he's, he's got, yeah, the cheekbones are just a lot of fun. He's, like, he's got, stands tall, he's imperial, he's commanding, he's evil. Like, oh, there's no doubt about that. But yeah. he is... He's just the best part of the original trilogy. He's the best part of A New Hope, and uh, I do love the rest of the original trilogy, but, like, it doesn't get better than Tark, in my opinion. I yeah. think. He's definitely my favourite. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've never actually asked you about this. Uh, how do you feel about Tark in Rogue One? Do you like what you see of him in Rogue mm. One, or...? Mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, the effect can border between... Wow, that's pretty impressive, too. That's uh, not great. Well, but... because when I saw Rogue One in cinemas, mm -hmm. like, you know... Marvel has sort of brought that back yeah. with like de-aging people. They've done a lot. But this was the first time that they they had oh, this like is, yeah. created someone with no one else there. Exactly. Oh, I mean, sorry, someone without was there. the actor. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, I I think his his effect in the plot of the film makes sense. He needed to be there. He was in charge of the Death Star program. Yeah. He's like he makes sense with him there. As to the way he did him, much better when with his reflection in the mirror. I feel like yes. I feel like they could have just used that no, or, or like used creative cinematography to make the effect work better. But when, like when, when I first saw they wanted to go all out. When I first saw that, um, in when when um, uh, what's his name? Uh, ben Mendelsohn. Krennic. Uh, Krennic. Yes. Uh, when he walks up to the bridge and you see Tarkin, you you, you yes. see the back of him and you just see his face slightly in the reflection. I'm just like yes. this is perfect. Yeah. 
that was that was amazing. And, and then he turns yeah, around. It's 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 not great. I they, I feel like they didn't need to do that, but no. I didn't feel like it ruined the film, and no. I didn't feel like it tarnished his character. No, it didn't. Good. It didn't ruin the film. It, it, it didn't in any way ruin the film. I feel like it was actually not that bad in that first scene. Yes. And then unfortunately, it sort of gets worse as it goes on. It, that is true. Because it, the, the, it definitely it's his second appearance is not great. There's a scene right uh, after you know Jin Erso dies. I'm pretty sure. There's a sh there's a scene right after where Jin Erso dies, uh, and he says, "You may fire when ready." Essentially. Yeah. And there's that certain shot. I don't. Want, I can remember yeah. it so vividly that it, exactly. it just looks, eh. Yeah, but you know we're not here to tarnish target. We're here to, but we're here to yes, in it. original trilogy, I mean Peter Cushing, magnificent actor. Yeah, he, he actually um, one of like one of the two mostly like well known like high grade actors, human Alicinus, and he loves Star Wars. Like unlike Alicinus, who was had a bit of his reservations, Peter Cushing was he loved his time there. Yeah, and. Great, he's had a much such an important lasting legacy on, on the Star Wars franchise. Yes, rest in peace, mm. uh, yes, Peter Cushing. Uh, my favorite original character. Yes, uh, it's mainly just for the fact that I just love him so much. He, I just enjoy when he's on screen. Yeah. it's Chewbacca. Ah, Chewie. Because because he, you know, it's not like he's he you know does a lot to affect the story itself, but as a character, him, but as a character, he's just so lovable. First mm. of all, and. The, one of the favourite parts that builds uh, Chewie up in terms of his character thematically is actually in Rise of Skywalker. But that's in the sequel trilogy. It's a, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it briefly. Is It's right after Leia dies right. when, um, you know, when they return and, you know, the, the, the woman says, you know, she's gone, essentially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they have that exchange and then it's they just the look one. to Chewie and he just collapses. Because yeah, everyone more, yeah. he knew is gone. That's not the, the the main reason that that makes me just like it, it chokes me up every yeah. day. Just thinking about it is Han said the princess you have to take care of her. Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So when he finds out that she died while he was away, it just crushes him. Yeah. Right. Um. And in terms of the original trilogy, yeah, the relationship between Han and Chewie. Exactly. It's just like it's it's one of my favorite parts of Star Wars, yeah. if not my favorite part of Star With Wars. No... Which is their relationship. With no discernible dialogue, you understand Chewie's character 100%. Yeah, and that also goes out to uh, Peter Mayhew. Oh, yeah. Who played him so well, because all that is his yeah. voice, like it's him making it's, the noises. Uh, yes, and yeah. I think I think they do use some... They Some of it is like stock... It's know, like, or, or like animal noises, but, but like, certainly I'm, the movement and like yeah. the, the character like in the room, because like, it's not... Like, when they made the films, they didn't have... Like, couldn't just do a Jar Jar, like, CGI man. Like, that is a man in a suit. A big, yeah. fluffy suit. And he it does not show. It You feel like there's an alien there. He's probably very happy to be, that he didn't have to go to Tunisia yes. to, to film all those scenes. Exactly, because, yeah. uh, God, Peter Mayhew would have died. I mean, yeah. I, I, to this day, I don't understand how Anthony Daniels survived in that C-3PO suit in the <laughs> deserts of Tunisia. Anthony Daniels is adamant that he is the only C-3PO and he will not let anyone else touch him. I know. <laughs> um... So yeah, Chewie, my favourite original character. Very good choice. Now the next question is, we're just going progressively through the trilogy's favourite sequel character. Um, yeah. Michael, who you got? Uh, well, so this is an interesting choice because I, I do quite like the sequels and they've definitely been growing on me. I haven't had as much time to just really immerse ourselves in them as the other ones, but yeah. one character stands out as having the most interesting arc, the most interesting appearance in each film, like like uh, how, they, how they were, and just like... The interest, most interesting character, and that to me is Kylo Ren. Well, I can say now, my answer is also Kylo Ren. Oh, so let's just talk about it. He was 
in in Force Awakens, he was an interesting villain. He yep. was a complicated villain, uh, very different to most other dark side users we've experienced. Yep. Last Jedi, he uh, he becomes the main central uh, <clears throat> villain of the film when he overtakes Snoke. Uh, he you experience the real struggle not only with Han in the first film but with Leia in the second and third. Yeah. Um, and then in Rise of Skywalker, he has by far the best arc out of everyone there. Yep. His turn to the light side it feels natural. His relationship with Rey feels natural. Um, they die out in the Force. Yeah. Uh, and and he's just such an interesting character. I I personally, he's just the most. He is by far the most interesting character in the, the sequel trilogy for me. I completely agree. He's, yes. His his arc is, is is really good because in the first film he's still struggling a lot with. Right. The pull to the light. That's what he says. Yeah. I can and plus feel Adam Driver's pull. an amazing actor. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Adam Driver just kills it no matter what he's given. And it's just... Uh, yeah, because in, in Force Awakens and at the start, in the middle-ish of Last Jedi, he's feeling this pull to the light. And uh, that's what Snoke says. You have too much of your father's heart in you, young Solo. Young Solo. Right. So yeah. he's still calling him Solo exactly. when he just wants to leave that behind. And it's yes. when he... He and believes he's more of a dark side user than, than, than everyone knows that he is. Yeah. So he's... I mean, like with Law Santeca in, in the front, like at the first scene, like he tries to like doubt him, and then and any any he's like he in the first film specifically, he's still got that tantrum kind of young child in him, like that Anakin nature of like yeah. the dark side to him is just lashing out in anger, which like more experienced dark side users who have like really grown in the force, like they don't have that; it's more control, like yeah. And he never reaches that, so it's like. Or maybe he reaches that a little bit in Last Jedi, but that's how you know that he hasn't fully gone to the dark side. He's still yeah. redeemable. Well, he sees the light side and the dark side as just yeah. polar opposites. He sees them as exactly. as constants. Exactly. When he sees that there is, when he doesn't understand there is a lot of grey area. Oh yeah. That's where people like Qui Gon resided, like mm. you know, and he is there for a lot of the time as well. He just wants to believe he's on the darker path more than he actually is. Oh sure. And it's by the time he kills Snoke when he becomes. That's the scene where he kills Snoke. It's just, it's like very yeah. engaging. Like, it is. like the whole manipulation of the lightsaber turning around and the fight with Rey and him and the, and the guard. Pantoran guards. Pantor, uh, Praetorian guards. Praetorian guards. Is my favourite scene in all of sequel trilogy. Yeah. That's I don't think we have that as a question, but yeah, that's my yeah. favourite scene in the sequel trilogy. Uh, yeah, so Kylo Ren, he's an awesome character. Yeah. Well, frankly, I was sort of hoping that because we'd seen it with Vader, um, yeah. like, obviously, you know, George Lucas' favourite quote is, it's supposed to rhyme, it's supposed to be like poetry, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was hoping that Kylo Ren sort of wouldn't go to the light side, because yes. we, because not only had we seen that, yeah. but also they built him up in the end of, of uh, The Last Jedi to be just like this guy who is not coming back. Oh, yeah. Because when he's, when he's, you know... Which is interesting to know if that was Ryan Johnson's vision, like, were, was he planning for... For uh, Kylo Ren to be the antagonist of Episode Nine, given what he was doing at the end of the Last Jedi, I have to think yeah, it was because that I, would I was... be an interesting thing to see both, like how how each vision was like different, and yeah. in what ways did they actually like kind of conflict with each other? Yeah, and no, then I, I... to thank him, she stole his last name. <laughs> oh yeah, true. well not his last name, his granddad's last name. Yeah, okay, because I can't say his name. Yeah, so um, yeah, yeah, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. He's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Question nine. Favorite lightsaber duel. Yes. Uh, my favorite lightsaber duel. Now it's a very close tie. 
from... Uh, I have a feeling we might have the same answer, but this is okay. You go. Well, my original answer was actually the fight between Maul and Obi-Wan in Rebels. Yes, I have the same answer. Yours? Oh, yes! <laughs> then we can talk about it. Okay, yes. great. Right, well, then... That's also mine. Okay, well, the shortest lightsaber duel is also the best. I completely... completely <laughs> I, I, I would go... Um, uh, Luke and Vader in Empire Strikes Back, just yeah. because of the things that it it, it, yeah, it brings yeah. in. Like we were talking about the the my backup is Duel of the Fates. The yeah. amount of tension that's built up before the lightsaber starts, mm. and in a lot of the ways, I just love this. I can't remember who said it, but in a lot of ways, that fight isn't a duel; it's an audition. Because yeah. Darth Vader, the entire yeah, time, he he went there not to defeat Luke, but to be like, I'm gonna work out if I can bring you to the dark side. I'm gonna because gonna bring you in. Yeah, it's clear that because Luke's training wasn't finished, Darth Vader yeah. could have could have beaten Kill him, him instantly. easily, instantly. Right, he was just seeing how much power was in him and exactly. to see, and and see whether or not the I am your father revealed the end would have been necessary. Yeah. So I feel like not only is it very well done and the way that they yeah, slowly I, move through Cloud City I agree. It's to the point where you know it ends Luke I am your never father. never in control of that scene. Never. In that fight. Not at all. He, no. at the entire time he's 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 walking back. Yeah. At the entire time he's like a like Darth Vader's like an angry bull. He's just moving on him constantly. Exactly. A relentless force. Yeah. Exactly. It's the, the literally the only get up uh, like you know one up he gets on him. Is that part right up against the yeah, the thing where like he forces. where he hits him on like the back? Or oh, something. Yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah well, it's not like that, but that's why it's my favorite. But yes, let's talk about the uh, yes. let's talk about the twin sons fight. A bit a uh, bit of a more obscure one. Uh, some of you might not know from the TV show Rebels, uh, which was uh, on Disney XD a couple years ago, I think. Yeah, this particular episode. Well, it was the end of season 20, three. So 2017, 2018. Let's go with 2017, yeah. Roughly around there. Uh, it was a fight that took place between Maul and Kenobi about two or three years before A New Hope. So, yeah. Old Man Kenobi and Old Man Maul. Uh, it is the scene where Maul eventually does fully die, not just cut in half and then form a criminal. He actually kid. dies. He this legitimately time. dies. It's both a callback to their original fight in uh, Phantom Menace with the way that, uh, or not necessarily their fight, but the way that Maul attempts to do the same technique on Qui-Gon that he, he does to Obi-Wan. At the end, when he tries to like yes. hit him over the head. He tries yeah. to do a bonk on the head with his lightsaber and Obi-Wan, having prepared for this for forever, uh, re- witnesses and defeats him. But it also, it focuses on a really, which is a thing of, in fighting, which is never really explored in Star Wars, because Star Wars is for thematic effect and less for realism and stuff. But two extreme masters in combat, their fight is much more just waiting for the other to make a mistake, and it's instant. As soon as someone fails, it's like the the, the fight is over. And you can tell both of these two combatants are like masters of their craft. They have been Jedi or Sith for 20 plus years. They are lightsaber experts, and they have been fighting each other for these 20 plus years pretty much at this point um and you can see them just slowly watching each other for the other to make a mistake and then the fight's over in less than a second or or pretty much yeah um the reason that i love that fight so much is because it actually goes back to what we were talking about originally is that no matter what maul has done to obi-wan he has he has he's never let it phase him and he's just kept he's just kept going because you know when he killed qui-gon he killed Satine. yeah he was he's this entire time, he's trying to break yes. Obi-Wan, and he's never been able to do it. No. So when he brings up Luke, oh, and he yeah. says, oh, you're protecting someone, yeah. right? And he... That's re- when I go. That's when it. he's just like, you took Qui-Gon, you took Satine, you will not take Luke, yeah. right? So, and, and at that moment, that's when he ignites his lightsaber first. Because exactly. that entire time, 
Obi-Wan is, is, is reserved. Exactly. He doesn't want to fight more. It's calm. And then in That's that, the thing. He went to hide on a desert planet and Maul tracked him down. I know. So in that moment, when he threatens yep. Anakin's son, mm. he lets that young, cocky version of himself that he let die ages ago out again and he ignites his lightsaber first right mm. and in that moment he goes to his original you know over the lightsaber over the head uh, yes. you know motion with the two fingers in front yeah. in that cocky uh, version of Obi-Wan yes. that we used to see and then and then this is why Obi-Wan is my favourite character yes. is because he realises what's happening He's real he realises that Maul is doing this to him so he takes this moment to reserve himself and mm. he brings his stance back Yes. To the way in which Qui-Gon fought. Defensive position, right. exactly. Yeah. And the entire time, Maul is staying completely still. He's not he's not changing his exactly. fighting stance at all. This shows that Obi-Wan is in a point where he can learn from his mistakes. Exactly. And Maul is in a point where he's Maul's, not going to... He's, he's not been gonna, fixated on this entire He's life, fixated exactly. on this one moment and he's not going to let anything change exactly. what he wants to do, which is he just wants to make Obi-Wan suffer. suffer. Exactly. Um... And then you're right. It happens so quickly, but it's so beautiful. Mm. And it, and when I first watched that uh, that episode, you know, it's not actually clear what happened. Yeah, it's just like you don't, boom, you boom, don't, boom, boom. Wait, what? He's, it's over. You don't see the lightsaber exactly. slice down down Maul's chest. Yeah, you just know it's there. Yeah, it goes through the lightsaber. The lightsaber breaks, and then like you just, it's over. Yeah, in. yeah. Uh, and then it just falls completely silent. And then they have that moment yes. where he asks, you know, is it the chosen one? And then he, then when he says, it's probably it's, the oh, greatest moment in Rebels. It's just, it, I think it is the best yeah. moment in Rebels. Uh, when he says he will avenge us, yes, right. He doesn't say he will avenge. He will avenge. You know, you he will avenge yes. me. He, he will avenge us. Exactly, because He's, Maul realizes, yes, Obi Wan cut him in half, whatever. But the true villain, the one who betrayed everyone, the one who manipulated everyone, it's Palpatine. Yeah, it's Sidious. Because from the moment that Maul was still his apprentice back in you know Naboo Phantom Menace days, exactly. You know he was. Pulling the strings on Maul even at that point. Mm. I don't know if he knew all that was going to happen at that point. Yeah, but well, we learned a little bit in Clone Wars, which we will get to, that like yeah. he knows roughly that there is a plan, but he doesn't know of it, and he doesn't know how it's happening. And exactly. It he was never privy to the entirety of exactly. his master's plan, but he Sidious knew it was happening. manipulated everyone. Yeah. Mm. Uh, even when, you know, Dooku died, yeah. the entire time Dooku thought he was going to be the leader of the exactly. Empire. And then at that point... Dooku's when... look over to Sidious when he says, do it. Yeah, because he... Cause and, you know, when he looks over, yes. he's like, wait, what? Yeah. Because, you know, you bastard, you tricked mm, me. Exactly. Like, you know, the entire time, you were just hoping that this guy would kill me. And, mm. like, that was your plan all along, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and he'd get rid of Dooku. Come on, let's get Anakin in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, that, for that reason, I completely understand why you think that yeah. that... You know what? That is my favourite lightsaber duel. Look, Empire Strikes Back's great, but, like, we're, we're, big, we're big fans here. Obi-Wan Maul, it's yeah. one of the best... One of the best uh, two characters that have been fighting. The most... Uh, and the, the greatest amount of respect that Obi-Wan can give Maul in that moment. Ah, yes. When he says, you can rest now. You've yes. been so angry for so long, you can finally rest. Yeah. He holds him in the same way that he hold, that he held Qui-Gon when he died. Yeah, exactly. Right? But, like, I'm not sure if they're, you know, if he it's treats all the like, same. Yeah, he treats but him, he treats him as an equal. Exactly. Because yeah. in that moment, they are equals because they've been manipulated and played with by Palpatine in the exact same way. Hmm. They've ru he, he ruined both their lives. And now sure. he's just giving this time for his enemy that they've been for like, they've been enemies for so long. Mm. He just gives him time to just all right rest now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's best lightsaber duel. Next question. Uh, next question that we have. Ooh, is a uh, I think it's best battle we have. The best battle. Best yeah. Battle. Uh, well, the best battle in my opinion 
is the one that happens in space during the Battle of Endor. Is I that... have the same answer. This is Why do you think we're doing a podcast together? <laughs> yeah, because we Battle of Endor, baby. <laughs> yeah, the... yeah. Oh, dude, that dude, that that battle is so good. I mean, it contains my favorite thing in in Star Wars, which is like big capital ships firing against other ones. Mon Calamari cruises. The Imperial Star Destroyers. Tie fighters going in and out. Um, yeah, num. Nine num. It's very good. Nine num. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, just th- that that part that happens where, well, first of all, hmm. you get to see Wedge as uh, as, as the oh, leader, yeah. as as red leader of the of exactly. the because he he survived the Death Star, he survived Hoth, so yep. he gets promoted again. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Most of them, like, there wasn't like two or three people that survived the first the the de- battle of the Death Star. Yeah. Well, like, Wedge is really the only person who is fight, in the all film. Who in fights all in space all three. Yeah, yeah. All space battles. Uh, so yeah, there's that. There's Lando on the on the Millennium Falcon, mm. and he's obviously he's co-pilot Nine Num, and the entire time they're waiting for, and that's why it's so well intercut with what's happening on the ground because yeah. he says we have to wait till the shield's down, and that's what they're doing down down there. And then when they enter the Death Star, oh, that moment good. is so cool when they're just going through the exactly. bowels of the Death when, Star. When like Palpatine is got got too cocky, pretty much he was like exactly he felt like he like he was in control, and that, that second when he loses it, where they can exploit that for just a second. It's it's why Return of the Jedi, like that last third of Return of the Jedi, is maybe the strongest part of the original trilogy. I think so too. Yeah. Like not only the fight with Luke and Vader, the fight, mm, yes, with the Endor, with the Ewoks on Endor, but and then the space battle with the Death Star. It's the best part of Star Wars, pretty yeah. much. It really, you know, and it, it, honestly, it really doesn't matter how many times I watch it. Mm-hmm. When I when when you hear Lando just yeah, when, yeah! When, when they escape from the Death Star yeah. and it explodes behind them, it just gives me goosebumps every time. Ah, oh, very. Uh, Battle of Endor. No. Battle of Endor is Equal the answer. choice. So, you know, only episode of that one, yeah. Alright, next question. Next question we had. I think it was. Was it favorite? Was it favorite droid? Uh, yeah, it is. Favorite droid. Uh, this one, I don't know if it will be as in depth as the previous ones because for me, uh, mine is Forlom. Forlom? <laughs> Forlom. Right. Uh, he's just cool. I mean, give us, give us a reminder as to where we see Forlom. So, Forlom appears in about five seconds of Empire Strikes Back in the background. He is a bounty hunter droid uh, who has appeared in Empire Strikes Back and maybe one comic. He is in, like, nothing. Like, almost all Star Wars characters that appear in the background or something have at least a story or something they're in. Forlom is in nothing. We know pretty much nothing about him except that he was a protocol droid who, like, reprogrammed himself to be, like, a bounty hunter and he's just really cool looking. He's got like an insectoid type protocol droid helmet. He's just yeah. very cool. I like Fallon. Uh I do like obscure characters, so it makes sense for me. Yeah, mine is 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 pretty obscure. You only know him if you've watched the Clone Wars, oh, actually. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite droid is AZ three. My favorite droid is AZ three, the one who helps five yes, undercover the chip in oh, season six. Fives. Uh, oh god. Well that is a certain answer to a to a question we'll get to later yep. regarding the Clone Wars. Yes. Um but my favorite character my sorry, my favorite droid is A Z three because mm. not only does he go from basically this life uh, you know, just this guy who's up to following orders and doing what he's told, and then the experiences that he has with fives, he gets to understand that that, that you can't just do everything with what droids are programmed to do. Exactly. Just, you know, th- um, you know, uh, statistic mm. you know, Calculations behind your choice. Sometimes you really need to just do what feels right, right, and that's why he is teamed up with Fives the entire time. Not only does you know he help uncover the whole Mm. Order sixty six plot with Fives. So that that arc in season six of Clone Wars is one of those. But he's also just really cool because Mm. his his design is awesome, and you know he he can be 
used for many things. Like, you know, Fides literally rides him like a skidoo over, yes. over, over like the seas so of Kamino. Good. So like, if you just had AZ3 as your personal droid, oh. you, could, you could fly him to work and... Uh, <laughs> no, not as, uh, is he as good as Cad Bane's little droid that helps him like break into the place? Oh, Toto360? Toto360? How do you know these? Voice, I thought I was doing skill work. Voiced by Seth Green. Oh, <laughs> that's good, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yes, for choice. that reason, AZ3 is my favourite, yeah. Very good. Pretty obscure answers, we're not just saying yep. R2D2 C3PO. We'll get into some of the more obscure ones now, or there are some good ones coming up. So, uh, question 12 is actually favourite music. Yeah, favourite, like, track from mm. Star Wars. So, like, you know, the score itself from a movie, yes. you know, is the way it is, but we're asking for, like, the... Single track. A single track from one of, one of the movies mm. that is the best. I'm talking, you know... Uh, yes. Love Across the Stars and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. We may have the same answer. I don't think we will. Oh, okay. Mine is very, like, you know... Okay, then yeah. mine, mine's kind of cliche. Alright, what's yours? Mine's Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates is one of the best yes. pieces of music ever written. It, it captures the best part of the Phantom Menace, which that film, you know, love it or hate it, whatever you will, Fan the Duel of the Fates music comes on and the fight between Obi-Wan, Maul, and Qui-Gon is just... It's so exhilarating, it's so energetic, it's so powerful. You can feel, like, the, the way that the choir in the background, it, like, emphasises, like, the importance of this, like, struggle. It's definitely the most impactful part of that film, and it's just, it's, like, such a good track on its own. That fight, not only is that, the, the fight in Phantom Menace, I believe, is the best part of the movie, yeah. right? And it is, it is the best part of the movie because, because of Jewel of the Fates. Like, the fight itself is alright, but there, there are much better, like, lightsaber fights, but yeah. the track is just amazing. Look, there's a reason that Jewel of the Fates not only shows up then, but mm. shows up when Yoda is fighting Sidious in Revenge of the Sith, oh, and it shows up when you see Maul in Solo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. That's, that's how good it is. It's basically his track, yeah. Yeah, it, pretty much, yeah. Um... Great, great choice, Michael. Now, mine is probably a little less popular than Jewel of the Fates because Jewel of the Fates is an amazing track. I listen to it all the time. Oh, yeah. But my favourite is actually from Last Jedi. Ooh. And it's the oh, Last Jedi, love. And it's the track for the Battle of Crait. Yes. If you go and listen to the Battle of Crait, it has everything because not only does it have the Force theme right at the start, yep. then it transitions slowly into the Resistance's theme, mm. which is just another awesome theme in very itself. Good. That yeah. that theme just pumps you up every, every time you listen to it. So, I mean, I can't, well, we can't play it on here, obviously, yeah. but if you want to go and listen to it right after this, I would beg you to because you get the Force theme, mm. you get the Resistance theme, yeah. and then it slowly transitions into the First Order's theme. Yes. Right? So what, what's it called? The Battle of Crate. Battle of Crate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is all just build up to the best part of the track and why it's the best. Right. Uh, yeah, so you get Force theme, Resistance, First Order, and then it slowly, just like, you know, it, it slows down for a little bit and it's just like, you know, nice Star Wars chimes and it's yep. nice to listen to. And then it builds up because at this point in the film, Ray shows up with the Falcon and Chewie and stuff. Yes. So at this point, Ray's theme kicks in, which is another fantastic theme. It could have very easily been my choice. For sure, yeah. Um, but right after that, it... Uh, it it slows down and then it builds right back up and that is when you get the TIE Fighter Escape score. Mm. Because at that point in the film, Chewie is going through like yeah. that With, crevice yeah, in the crate the, the and he's being chased by the TIE Fighter. He's got exactly. porgs in the cockpit, whatever. <laughs> but uh, that, I mean, that theme, yeah. 
dun, 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 good choice. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, I wouldn't dun, have, dun, I wouldn't dun, have dun, thought dun, of it uh, my own, but like thinking back to it, yeah, that's yeah, very because strong. Personally, that is my favorite theme in Star Wars. It's just so exciting. Yeah, and it encapsulates the the idea, like the whole concept of Star Wars in one theme. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Tie Fighter Escape does, and I could have very easily just said that the original Tie Fighter Escape theme from A New Hope. Yeah. But not only is well, when you listen to them, like you know, if you just go onto YouTube and you listen to the Tie Fighter Escape on you know. Star Wars YouTube channel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's good, but because it's recorded in the 70s, right. right? By no fault of their own, the music quality isn't as great as it yeah. is on the Last Jedi track. Exactly. When it's and, and I feel like especially just, in cinemas when you just get that the exactly. feel of it, yeah. When you just listen to it, you can tell that they've got a bigger orchestra yes. and there's 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 more things happening in more the more accurate up to date audio recording, yeah. Exactly. So, for that reason, I would beg you to go listen to the uh Battle of Crate track because Do it, it is so good. You want to go watch the the listen to the Battle of Crait music track. For those of you who don't know, Michael is <laughs> Jedi mind tricking the microphone. Not that I'm saying you're weak minded. <laughs> well, yes. We're trying to build a fan base, Michael. Yes. <laughs> you want to subscribe to watch more videos. No. Alright. Are we up to question thirteen? We are, oh. which is favourite background character. Oh, I've been waiting for this one. Oh, I, I've been waiting for Michael uh, for Michael's answer to this question, because oh. we don't know each other's answers. The first time no. we're conferring on these answers so that we could have the reactions that we would otherwise. Live reactions. Yes. So, I got, I, you went first last time. So, my favourite background character oh, is say. Admiral Akbar. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Uh, I love Akbar. He's awesome. I love the Mon Cala people. They're just so cool. Yes. Uh, and the fact that their city itself are their ships is just, ama- is just I, amazing. Mon Cala is, it may or may not come up, but I, I do love Mon Cala. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so Admiral Akbar is my favourite because for the short time that he's actually in the saga, it's himself. He makes such a good impact because the first thing he has in Return of the Jedi where he gives the rundown... Yeah. You've seen all these cool aliens in Star Wars up to this point. This is the first time where you see a, like, a squid yeah. just, just walk like, yeah, into you, the you've room. You've seen some obscure characters, but you haven't seen obscure characters like lead the armies. Like, exactly. And he's probably, the, besides from Chewie, he's the most prominent alien in the original trilogy, which is, and I don't really think about that, pretty, pretty yeah, human. Because, yeah. you know, when a lot of the time, in terms of the people that were actually fighting on their oh, side, a lot of them are... Human, yes. You know, uh, Empire especially. Oh. In in you know, on the rebellion, you have Akbar, and a lot yeah. of the time in he represents that idea that like the rebellion isn't just like these humans fighting up against the empire. It's the humans banding together with like anyone who is willing to stand up for oppression. Like and exactly, one of that is the Moncala people who have been tried to been enslaved, who've been oppressed by the empire, and they have like said we will help you, and they bring in their fleet, which is just so cool. I love the idea of. Like, the Mon Calamari fleet just backs up the Rebel Alliance. That's why that's, I love Akbar and the Mon Calamari. That's another yeah. reason why I love Admiral Radis. Oh, Radis is great. Radis I, you know, I could have very easily said Radis, but he's just, he, I love Radis so is a much. Good choice. The fact that he died in Rogue One is just, oh, bring him so, back. But the Radis is also a very cool ship. The, the Radis is the main ship in Last Jedi. Yes, so. MC80. Yeah. MC90? Oops. <laughs> Pretend I got it right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so that is Admiral Akbar is my favourite yep. for that reason. Now, Michael, we're gonna have a, <laughs> we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a very fun time right now. Uh, Michael, you who, guys, who is your favourite? So not not quite as uh, well known or as in uh, as impactful as uh, as Admiral Akbar. My favourite background character is uh, Mister Droopy McCool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, aside from his name, oh you don't really need to know too much about him. So Droopy McCool is a Basically, a space clarinet. I really should have researched this. His his name. So it's his stage name. He has a real name, but his stage name 
is Droopy McFlippin' Cool. What's his, what's his real name? Oh, yeah. good question. Hang on. We're going to research Drupin McCool's real name. Uh, but yeah, Drupin McCool, I, I believe, is... I, I can I can picture who he is, and if you... Obviously, we can't show you because we're, you know, on a podcast you or whatever. You need to search it up. It's um, very good. But you just need to search this guy up. Because he is the best character yes. in all of Star so Wars. So he's a snit. <laughs> His species is a snit, which is like a slug creature with a massive pig nose. Uh, his real name is... What is it? Oh, hang on. Uh, oh, my... Droopy McCool is his real name. <laughs> his stage name is Snit. <laughs> he's actually a kittenack. Okay, I'm wrong. He's a kittenack. His stage name is Snit. That's that's the the one he goes by. His name that his parents, his parents kattenacks, <laughs> thought, oh dear, this lovely child of ours has been born. Let's name him Droopy, Droopy. McCool. Not only Droopy, but their last name's McCool. My dear Droopy. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a musician someday. Use so yeah. the force, Droopy. The end of the first, Droopy. You know who I you know who I very easily could have said in terms of like just funny background yeah, characters. Yeah, Is um, uh, yeah, Sleaze Bagino. Sleaze Bagino. Uh, the, the the death sticks guy from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, some death sticks. Yeah, um, I want to go home. Really well, who I was gonna say actually is yes. um, uh, oh, mental blank now. I was gonna say the lobster, the lobster, oh. the lobster who sits aside S- solo. S- hammer, scissor fits. Uh, Therm scissor punch. Therm scissor punch. Yeah. Therm scissor punch. Yes. Just that is a name. That is a name that someone gave. That actually is his own his own constructed name. He wants people to call him that, which is great. That's just oh, I mean. What else do you want out of Star Wars? You have a, you you've got Sleazebag Eno, you've got Droopy McCool, you've got, and you've got sheave, Firm Scissor Punch, got Sheave Palpatine, Sheave Palpatine, Creamy Sheave. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't even mention Tarkin's first name. Uh, Willif. Willif. Willif Tarkin. Willif Tarkin. Willif Tarkin. Ah, oh, Star Wars names are pretty great. They are the best. I, I mean, I don't know if George Lucas came up with Droopy McCool himself. I really I wish. I really hope. He I did. really hope he did. I mean, knowing how much like control, actually, the original trilogy not so much. In prequels, he definitely had control over like all these micro details and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my favorite of Star Wars character. <laughs> no, my favorite obscure Star Wars character. Your favorite background. Maybe he's my favorite. Your favorite favorite obscure background character. Oh yeah, exactly. Okay. Yes. Uh, now our next question is favorite bounty hunter. Ooh. Now. Is the is the, is your answer to the last question a couple questions ago the same same answer or no it's not no, no it's not I, I, no it's not yeah I feel like I know who the, who what your answer is but I'm not going to say it because we talked about it a lot when we were just oh, in class I just thought of another good one I um, how much is that yep yes my favorite character my favorite uh, sorry yes. my favorite bounty hunter Cad Bane I had the same answer yep <laughs> he's Cad, great Cad he's Bane great. is awesome he oh, has the hat he's got the hat he's got the he's got the guns. He's got the time where he dresses up as a, st- uh, as a clone trooper. He's got the box arc where he steals someone else's hat and he kills them. Steals their hat. What are you looking at? It's a nice hat. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So yeah, Cat Bane, this is very, he's very fun. He's by far, if I could see anyone come back in live action from Clone Wars, I would probably want Cat Bane. He'd probably be my favourite. So long, Jedi. <laughs> this is, that's his, I guess yes. that's his catchphrase. Yeah, he's very good. Cat he, Bane is lots of fun. He is awesome, yes. He's like a Jedi hunter... He's got his little rocket boots. Well, he's killed Jedi. Oh, he, yeah. Because he killed Bolo Rapal. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Was Bolo He was the Rodian on his ship when he was trying to get the location of the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And, um, and he killed the Jedi that he... Uh, that they... That the... Ord Innocence? Yes. He Ord killed. Innocence was the guy who yes. uh, the Changeling disguises herself as. Exactly. Before she transfers exactly. to Jocasta Nu. Yeah, and I feel like Cad Bane as well, because early Clone Wars is a bit of a mixed bag. 
like like late Clone Wars is some of the best of Star Wars there's been. Yeah. But early Clone Wars, for every um Cad Bane, you get like you get like uh, the little monkeys saying, "I want to peace. I won't go to war against the jet, the Confederacy." Oh <laughs> yeah, those guys. Um, yes. On like, on uh, what what planet was that? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> the one with the nut things. Like. Like, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but Cad Bane is by far the best part of early Clone Wars. Whenever he shows up, even if, like, Ahsoka hasn't really got an arc ready, or Anakin's still a bit that, you know, or, like, the animation's not quite there, Cad Bane is just makes it all worth it. And he's, yeah. He's the reason to go back to Clone Season Clone one of Clone Wars is, is fun, it's enjoyable, you've it's, got the malevolence yeah, it's arc, still and, a bit of a kid show, and there's people with the monkeys where they're just yeah. like, we won't have to be drawn into We're your We won't yes, I'm sorry my father wasn't an old for face. For some reason, we're Irish in this. I should be going great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, then season two happens. Just derailed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, we're, we're not cutting we're that out. We're talking about Cad Bane, right? We are not cutting that out. Nothing uh, leaves. Yeah. Um, when Cad Bane shows up in the first episode of season two, mm. it just picks Why is up. Why in season one? Okay. No, that's, 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 that's a big yikes for me. Honestly, you know what? You know what? He is. Because the last episode of season one is Hostage Crisis. <sighs> yep, yep, that's it. So. I mean, okay. then again, it doesn't happen chronologically because no. because technically hostage crisis should be a little bit later. Oh, he, he's not, and he's not in the film, is he? He's not in the film. The Clone Wars film? No, he's no, not. he's not. He's not. No. Okay. Well, yeah, he's in early Clone. He's definitely in early Clone Wars because I think his last appearance was with Bob. Yeah, no, that was his last appearance was with um, you know the the. Yeah, he didn't really show up in any of the later seasons. No, he really didn't. Because he was gonna be in the in the show when, with the cut episodes. That one that was like that was animated like Bailey, um, which they revealed where he had a, like a duel with Boba Fett. Yeah, no, his last arc was the Reiko Hardin arc. Yeah, with everyone in disguise, which was a good arc. I love that. That's one actually, of the, I like I forget about that, but that is that is not only a good arc with Obi Wan, but also just a good arc of Clone. One Wars. of our questions later is favorite Star Wars arc, so we'll get there. Yeah. But our next question. Is uh, what is it, Michael? It is favorite vehicle. Yeah, favorite vehicle. Okay, well, I really need to hope that I got this one right. But mine is the Mon Color Cruiser MC80. I think it's MC80, uh, which yeah. is I'm pretty no because you talked to me yes. about it a lot, and I remember you saying MC80. I think so. it's MC80. Uh, which I mean, there's two variants. So there's Liberty, which is the more winged one, or the home one, which is like the pickle one. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's just I mean, it's classic. It's a massive spaceship. It's like, they use it as a rebel base, it's like up there, blown up, like, the Death Star destroys one of them, it's just, I, I love big spaceships, and I love it even more, because it's, it's so cobbled together, it was basically, it was like a parliamentary building on Mon Calamari, that they strapped rockets to, and guns to, and flew it into space, it's just, encapsulates everything I love about space, and Mon Calamari, and I just love the Mon Calamari <laughs> Great, great answer. Because I just love the design of the yeah. MC80s as well. It's They're like so it's cool. like bulbous and like yeah. it's like it's it's kind of they've, got, they've yeah. got those like bubbly bits halfway exactly. down because it's... they're built to be the buildings exactly. on one car. Yeah, it's meant so... to be dense to be able to like withstand the dense water, and so because of that, it's like a sturdily built spaceship. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that is great, great answer. Yeah. Mine is a little bit more recent. It's the Razor Crest from the Mandalorian. Oh, good choice. Uh, Mando's ship. Uh, I love this ship, and no, and it's it's just the design of it. The design of it is so awesome. Yeah. The the cockpit, I love the look of the cockpit. Um, and yes, the swivel, the, swivel, the, 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 the swivelly ball that the child loves. The child. Um, I mean, technically, we're we're calling him the child because that's how he's listed, but it's Baby Yoda. It's Baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, oh, you're a fan of that. Yeah. Right? No, I do love that ship, and, I, and especially after I've gotten to watch a little bit of this Mandalorian documentary series. I need series. to watch that. I need to watch it. We'll talk about that, yes. uh, because I'm pretty sure the next episode will be coming out next week, so that'll probably be next week, but 
uh, I just love the design of the ship because it actually sort of reminds me of that green and yellow ship that was used by the farmers yes. in Clone Wars. Yeah, and the it's one that was based on the Seven Samurai one. Yeah. The Seven Samurai on Felucia. Uh, episode, on Felucia, yes. yes. Uh, they're very, very similar, yeah, and I do love design. the look of that ship. It's a very belly having, onto the. I remember ship. having the Lego set of that ship. It's, it's good, yeah. great, great good, ship. Good one. Um, That's the thing. Those are cool. Like Star Wars can have just like fun little like civilian kind of mercenary ships like that, and yeah. the Razor Quest just it, it, it encapsulates all of that in one ship, and it's like the first time we've ever got like a protagonist with that kind of like ship. So you get that feel of it like a pirate kind of western, just jumping from planet to planet, and it does that really well. It does, yeah. Uh, yeah, Razor Quest would be my favourite, uh, especially after the documentary series where they've actually gone inside and they've shown us what's happening and they built it all. It was great. Oh, Razor Crest is my favourite ship. Yeah, I could have, and you know, Millennium Falcon, X Wing, they're all a given, but I yeah. wanted to be a little bit different just to be a little bit less. Yeah, we're a bit contrarian here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, next question, Michael. Yeah, uh, next question is favourite planet. My favourite planet. Oh, you, sorry, you go. Uh, no, I went first last time. You go. Okay. My favourite planet, I was. Uh, for a while, I actually said uh, uh, Naboo, Ooh, yeah. because Naboo, because not only is the whole planet like Italy, it's a beautiful, beautiful planet, but at the time of the Empire, mm. it would have been completely safe because yeah. it's Palpatine's homeworld. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Plus, you have Entertainer Jar Jar running around. Yeah, the Gungans are still there, and uh, yeah. So, I originally went with Naboo, but my but my answer is Kashyyyk. Yeah. My answer, uh, which is, for those of you who don't know, it's Chewbacca's homeworld, the home of the Wookiees, that you get to see briefly in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Uh, the design of the planet first is amazing, because it's... because yeah. it's, it's Technically, first appearance was Star Wars Holiday Special. Technically, <laughs> yes. Because, I mean, they're... But we don't, we don't acknowledge that. Oh, we will. We oh, will we... acknowledge the Holiday Special. Oh, that would be a fun episode, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, I don't know, maybe... If we're still doing this around Christmas, we'll <laughs> if we haven't died after watching it, yeah. If we ever go completely insane, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Kashyyyk is my favorite because it's the the landscape itself is beautiful. There's beaches, there's a lot of water, and but mainly for the design of the trees and the the trees they sort of look like the trees in like, Avatar, Avatar. Yeah. like those 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 trees that are sort of like diagonal. Yeah, yeah. And they they you, grow out in like weird angles. Exactly. Massive. I just, I, I just love the look of Kashyyyk. I'd love to yeah. have a holiday on, on Kashyyyk. And not only is like, you know, their landscape beautiful, they got Wookiees everywhere. The Wookiees mm. are the sweetest Wookies aliens. Are great. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. Uh, yeah. And you know, just the fact that they were all enslaved at the time of the Empire is just yeah, a, it's is, tragic. It's but a tragic, tragic thing. That I think right after Return of the Jedi, um, Han and Chewie went back to actually free the free Kashyyyk. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like a that was like a plot of that. Um, oof, can't remember where. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Kashyyyk would be my favorite just for the pure yeah. beauty of its landscape yeah, and exactly. for the Wookiees. Uh, for me, well, if it was if it was just like landscape and stuff, I do really like Lothal. Lothal looks great, and Lothal it's just is a, great. Just a fun player, and it's got a good arc in Rebels. But for me, it's hard to go past. For me, it's Dak. It's Moncala or Dak, either one. Uh huh. Since it's both the same planet. Uh, it's the home of the Mon Calamari and a water planet, which aren't too rare, but like not really ever really prominently. Like you get you get Camino, uh, yeah. but that's but this is quite different. It's great because one, they're cities, so you mostly see Dak and Mon Cala in Clone Wars arc, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but its its city is is so unique. It ba basically are Mon Calamari cruisers stacked vertically with like these tubes connecting them. Uh, you have two different species that live there, the Quarren and the Mon Calamari, and the different politics that gone between them of, like, their one, like, ruler, but their, like, struggle for power, 
Uh, it's just it's just so interesting to me. I really love it, and also like how in later, in in the time of the original trilogy, it becomes like a shipyard, and where they produce rebel capital ships there. I, I just I love Moncala or Dak. It's uh, it's fun. Yeah. Um. Excuse me, nerds. Is there any land mass on mm. on 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 Dak or Moncala? I'm not sure. There is definitely different different biomes to it because there's a polar region because that's where Radis is from. Yeah. Uh, he's from a more polar region. Uh, and there's Moncala City, which is. I think on the surface, but not on a landmass. It's like a constructed surface, mm-hmm. similar to Manan, um, with oh, that's a more obscure one. But yeah, I, th- I think I'm not sure. I don't. Th- I don't think yeah. it has a landmass. Uh, yeah. No, well, I love I love Moncala. I it's love great. to see it in the Clone Wars, especially yeah. when you get to see Kit Fisto swimming him out. Yeah, like, Kit Fisto is because Kit Fisto is one of my favorite characters. I just mm. love him because he's you know he's, he's a little smiley. He's awesome and he's sweet and he's cool. Yeah, so uh, to see him swimming around is pretty cool. And you know, just that entire arc where you got to expand. What we already knew of Mon Color was yeah. really, really cool. So, uh, great choice, Michael. Really great choice. Now, our next question... This is a fun one. ...is... What is it? It is... <laughs> if you got to travel the galaxy with four people, who are they? Yeah. Uh, well, I had to think long and hard about this. I'm like, well, I can just pick my favourite character, Grand Admiral Thrawn, but I'm like, I don't know if I'd actually want to travel the galaxy with him. So, no. I determined the four most fun people to travel the galaxy with. The people who I think I would have the most fun travelling the galaxy with. And I have... Who are they? Hondo Anaka. Oh, good answer. Droopy McCool. Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Ben Quadraneros. <laughs> the boys. Okay, for those of you who don't know, Ben Quadraneros is the guy who couldn't get his pod... Oh, and there start. goes Quadraneros' power coupling. <laughs> Uh, he's the guy who couldn't get his pod racers to start at the start of po- uh, at the start of Phantom Menace. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> walk us through those choices, Michael. Uh, so I mean, for one, Hondo Anaka is he's great. He is my he's oh, he's just so much fun. He's like a pirate, but he's just so charismatic and energetic. And yes, he'll betray you for a profit. But if you're just traveling <laughs> the galaxy, that's what you you just want to have fun adventures. And Hondo is all that. Uh, second, Droopy McCall. I mean, musician, so you can bring along the music and. I mean, I'm a bit of a musician myself, I play the trumpet, so just going around to places, playing up some musical beats from location to location, travelling the galaxy... Hell yeah! ...would be a lot of fun. Plus, Droopy McCool, he's, you know, he's got his slug... He'd be a lot of fun to hug, I reckon. He's very, very cushioned. Droopy, we're leaving, come on! <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I mean, Obi-Wan is the master of trolling, and just, like, fun, like, like banter, and, like, little, little, like, snide comments, and he'd just be... He's just so much... He'd be so much fun to travel the galaxy with, you know? I just... And it, uh, especially when he, like, uh, in, in Clone Wars, the movie, where he's, like, he's, like, uh, what's it called? Um, he's, he's stalling for time uh, with the uh, Separatist commander by, like, offering him tea. And he surrender. loves his tea. Oh, it's very good. So Obi-Wan would be fun. And then Ben Quadraneros is just, he's a very fun-shaped person. You don't even have to explain. Ben, ben Quadraneros. I mean, bring him because. His name. You bring Ben Quadraneros around. He's actually famous. Anakin has a poster of Ben Quadraneros yeah. in his room or somewhere like that. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's, yes. a, there's a scene in Clone Wars. Yeah. I believe it's the, the, the arc where um, Rush Clovis comes yeah, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. It's the Scipio arc in season six, Someone I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And you see Anakin's poster. personal quarters. Yes. And he's got all these cool ship models. And, <laughs> yes. and on the back, like above, above his bed, yeah. is a poster of Ben, ben Quadraneros. And when I saw that for the first time, I was like, holy it's, shit. It's amazing. It's so good. It's, 
And so he'd be famous. So like you, you bring this dude round, you got Ben Quaternaris, everyone's loving it, having a good time. You got Drippin' McCall hitting the fat beats. You got Hondo <laughs> Anaka going on his little side adventures. And then you got Obi-Wan bringing a table in with the force, having a cup of tea. I mean, what more do you love? 100%. Yeah. Now, my uh, favourite characters to travel the world with, uh, travel the galaxy with, beg your pardon, uh, yeah. four of them. First, Lando Calrissian. Oh, uh, he is my, one of my favourite original characters, you know, even though Chewie is my favourite. Uh, First of all, I, they never really talk about you know whether or not Lando's technically like rich or whatever. But yeah, he's, he's, he's the, an entrepreneur. Of some he's kind. the entrepreneur. He's the entrepreneur and the leader of a subsidiary of the mining guild. Yep. Mining. That, that that's got to put in. You, you, you got to be a bet though, which is yeah. You got to be getting some good so he, credits. He's a bit of a gambler, so while he may have some high profits, he may lose a lot of it in gambling. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, uh, he's very good with the ladies. He's going to take us to the best bars in the galaxy. We're yeah. going to have a good time, <laughs> uh, and we're going to be able to play. You know, we're going we're, we're going to have Sabuck. the we're going to have the greatest seats at the Sabak table. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's why I picked Lando Carrizian because he's also just got just. He's got all the hooks that he's yeah. got all the hookups that you just that you just want. Best best friend. Good, uh, good next friend. one, Din Jardin, the Mandalorian. Oh, uh, yeah. Not only does he have the Razor Crest, so we're going to be totally fine. Flying in and, style. And we can see, yeah, exactly. We're flying in style, and as you've seen in the Mandalorian, if we do get chased down by someone, uh, he's going to be able to get us out of there, no problem. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I would pick him only because of the fact that you know he's just. He's also just awesome. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a cool character. Uh, yeah, he's going to... He, he's <laughs> not quite as vocal, but, you know... No, he's going to keep you safe. And obviously, I mean, he's, this is not one of my choices. And I don't mean to add a fifth one, but yeah, yeah. he's probably going to have... bring on the baby. Yoda. He's probably going to have Baby Yoda with him, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we can allow that. We'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, next one would if be... If Drew calls allowed to bring his clarinet, it, um, what's his name can bring his, <laughs> his uh, Baby Yoda? Uh, my next one would be Ray. My, my next one would be Ray because she's good at everything. That is true. That is true. She um, is very good at everything. Regardless of whether or not you see it as a character flaw or not, she is good at everything. <laughs> yeah. She can understand the languages of basically everyone. Yep. And she 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 understands Chewie the moment he meet uh, they meet. And I feel for my fourth character, uh, I think if you're gonna have like a crew at all in yeah. a Star Wars movie, you gotta have a droid with you. Yes. So I would pick K two S O. Yeah. Because not only is K2SO a great pilot in himself, he's pretty funny. but he just says his mind, and that was the best part about Rogue One. <laughs> he was, because, yeah, he's yeah. got some good lines. Exactly. So I would pick K2SO because not only would Alan uh, having Alan Tudyk along for the ride be awesome. Wait, K2SO pre-CGI or post, where he's just in stilts? <laughs> I, would, I would go for either, really. <laughs> either one. Either one's good. Uh, yeah, so that would be my, uh, yeah, my quartet to travel the galaxy with. I think we'd yes. have a good time. Yeah, okay, this is a bit of a fun question coming up. I mean, not that they haven't all been fun, but like, checking it up. Oh, this is one of my favourite questions. This is, uh, favourite lightsaber design, right? Yes. Lightsaber hilt or so, yeah. Yeah, uh, mine is, again, very obscure. But oh, it's, but don't, it's, don't worry, I'm going obscure as well. But it is so cool. Mm. And it is the lightsaber of the Wookiee youngling, oh. Gunji. Yes. From the Jedi Younglings arc in Clone Wars, that is a because good after you have the the episode where they find their crystals or whatever, and then on that ship yeah. where you have it's probably the best part of that arc, yeah, uh, where you have them making their lightsabers with the lightsabers with uh, uh, David Tennant voicing. Them. Yes. Oh God, what was his name? The droid. Oh, that's a good robot. Um, he's a, he should. Oh, I should put him as the best. Droid. Oh yeah, he's so cool. He's the best droid because because he's been around for God, yeah thousands of years. He was there when Yoda built his lightsaber. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but not only is this design awesome because it's very rare, 
because the Wookiees are very rare to the Jedi. Exactly. Uh, but it's it's completely composed yeah, of wood, wood yeah. and it's got like this metal like it's got like metal lining. I can't even explain how awesome it yeah, is. Yeah. You just need to search up a just Wookiee lightsaber or Gunji lightsaber. Just search up Gunji lightsaber. G U N G I. Mm. It is the coolest lightsaber. But also for main re- for for another reason is because. When you're just alone, you're just alone with your thoughts, your Star Wars thoughts. I often go to websites and just like, what would my lightsaber yeah, what would look, like? look like? And after I answered like all those Reddit questions or whatever, and it yeah, came just... up with like a very wood-based yeah. lightsaber design. Mm-hmm. So I sort of that that so maybe that's why personal, dude, yeah. maybe that's why I sort of gravitate to it because it's got a personal sentimentality. Well, I, I still art, think it's just a really well. unique design. It is a really really cool, and it's also green. The yeah. crystal itself is green, which is my preference in terms of lightsaber color. So that is my choice, Michael. What is yours? Um, well, for me. Different lightsaber to you, but similar idea is for me why Gunji's lightsaber work, works so well is it matches his character and his like who he is as a Jedi so well, which is like he's very unique. He's like all about his culture of his Wookie of his Wookie heritage, but it's like he's still a, a Jedi in his way. Mine is similar in which this lightsaber matches the emotions and the feel and who this Jedi is, and that is Terra Sanube's lightsaber. Oh yes, Terra Sanube is an unconventional Jedi. He is, and we love unconventional Jedi's. He is. In this episode, he is slow, he is patient, he, Ahsoka gets angry with him, she thinks he is useless, she thinks he just, he just like has no real purpose and, and that she's, he's just too slow for her, but he, he manages to turn her, he's actually one of the, the, one of the people who can really teach Ahsoka some things, and his lightsaber is in a walking cane, pretty much, and he like can pull it out, and it like, it's like a, it's like a blue, light bluish one, it's got like a handle to it, you can just search up Terra Sanube, T-E-R-A, uh, S-I-N-U-B-E, uh, his lightsaber, but it's really cool because he knows when to fight, and it's not just to, like, chase after them like that. He knew how to trap them, like, to, to plan them in. He's, like, specializes in criminology. That's, yeah. like, as a Jedi, which is really unique, but, like, his idea is he his lightsaber matches his personality so well because it's a walking stick. Like, he keeps up this persona, similar to Yoda in a way, of, like, he's an old man, like, like, oh, he's just an old man, he's not really... Spe- he's not- How is he going to catch criminals? But then at the last second, when they're getting away, he can, like, pull it out, he can get his lightsaber out of his cane, and it's just really creative-looking in design, in execution, and it matches his character, and I just think it's really good. I love Terra Sanube, because Terra I love Sanube those sorts of... I love those sorts of characters, just in any yeah. genre at all, not just Star Wars. Exactly. That, like, just walk around, and they're very, you know, very calm, yes. very collected. They know they- who they are in the world, and they, they are confident with Exactly. Those sorts of characters in any medium are my favourite sorts of exactly. characters. People who know what their place is and what their role is in their world. Maybe I'm just biased towards Terra Sanube, but I just... And Terra Sanube is that character in Star Wars. Because yeah. he understands he's old, yeah. and, and a lot of people look down on him and say, oh, you can't do anything. You're, exactly. You're, you're, I mean, you're that's, not... that's his whole episode with Ahsoka. Yeah, exactly. Which is a good episode. Um, but Even then, though it, it starts off, you think, okay, this is just going to be a pretty boring episode. But by the end, you feel like, oh, you've really grown. You grow through that episode. As soon as he shows... Like, it tells us stuff. Yeah. Because the, the lessons... You learn with Ahsoka. The lessons he's telling Ahsoka, mm. he tells us as well. You can't just rush into stuff. You can be patient. You can yeah. think. And you know what? I... Ahsoka has to learn to, with the, learn to fight without a lightsaber. She has to learn to cope because she has to find a lightsaber. Yeah. And so, because she doesn't have it, she has to use it. And Teresa Nube hardly uses lightsaber throughout the whole episode. He, he only uses it, it. Exactly. When it's necessary and yes. he knows when to use it. And so he really teaches her the importance of a Jedi 
not only just in fighting, but in everything else, in yeah. patience. When the, when the person who stole ah- Ahsoka's lightsaber is about to escape from the train that she's chasing her on, exactly. That's she, she exits, she's, tra- she's about to exit the door, yeah. and then Teres Anubis is standing right there, and he whips out his lightsaber exactly. and beats her instantly. He doesn't it's kill her, great. he just, you know... Yeah, he, oh, he, yeah, he like, yeah. takes it down. Um, that shows that he is slow-moving and incredibly wise throughout the yes. entire film. Exactly. And I feel like I personally film, sorry, learned. Episode, yeah, I, mean. I feel like I personally learned patience from that episode. Like that is one of the main drivers towards like understanding the importance of waiting for opportune moments. I don't think Ahsoka would have been as successful in the final arc of Clone Wars oh, in yeah. terms of being patient, finding the chip in Rex's head, exactly. slowly taking her time. If Terrace Anube hadn't taught her that, Terrace Anube is one of the most important characters in Ahsoka's arc. Confirmed in her life. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, next question. Close to the end now. We're close to the end. We've only got uh, three, more three more questions. Three more questions. Favorite Clone Wars character? This was tough. This it's was very, very tough. tough. Because Clone Wars might be one of the best things that's ever happened to Star Wars. It's, and yeah. the characters in Clone Wars are built out so well. And that's a huge, huge credit to my favorite creative voice in Star Wars, which is Dave, Dave Filoni. Filoni. Dave Filoni. Yeah, he is... Clone Wars is just, it's expanded pretty much what was considered, like, Pam to be like, oh, this is the fake part, like, oh, failure of Star Wars. It's turned it into one of the strongest, most compelling eras of Star Wars. The Clone Wars makes the prequels better. 100%. 100%. So, Michael, who is your favourite Clone Wars character? So, this may be a bit of an unconventional choice, because he's alright in the Clone Wars, but I think he just expands as it goes along. But he was introduced in Clone Wars. My favourite Clone Wars character is Hondo Anaka. I... Great. Okay. (laughs) I... Love Hondo Anaka. He's he, the best. He is hilarious. He is so much fun. One, he's voiced by um, uh, uh, Peter Cumming. No, no, Alan. No, Jim Cumming. Jim Cumming. That's it. Yes, Jim Cummings. Uh, and whose voice of Winnie the Pooh, which is fun. But he's just got such a vocal <laughs> yeah. range. Uh, he's so energetic. He's so fun, especially in Rebels. Like when he, when he comes back in Rebels with with. Uh, with Ezra, their relationship is so much fun. But even his relationship with Anakin and Obi Wan, and his 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 arc with the Jedi, like he starts. Skywalker, like, my old friend. Yes. <laughs> he starts off as like an antagonist, and then he like kind of works with them for a bit, and then they like hire him, and he just keeps popping up in oh, random yeah, places. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I love that scene where he uh, in um, the Onderon, the Onderon arc, where he's just like. I have brought you a gift from Skywalker. It's rocket launchers. They're going to win the fight now. And he's exactly. like, oh, yes, very handsome, yeah. very expensive. And then the commando droids show up and start shooting at him. He's like, well, my work here is done. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, yeah, so no, Hondo Naka is just, I mean, I love fun characters. And this doesn't get more fun than Hondo Naka. Yes. Um, mine is not as fun. In, in, ter- in fact, it's probably the saddest part of the Clone Wars oh. itself. And, oh. and right now, Michael knows exactly who I'm going to say. The best Clone Wars character, the person we should have listened to, CT five 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 no. fives, the most oh. tragic, maybe the most tragic death in all of Star Wars, because he was the one clone who figured out was a what, good was, soldier. what was going to happen. He was a good soldier, and uh, that's uh, like the, his last words. I only ever wanted to do my duty, exactly. and that's what he was doing. He was doing his duty to his brothers. He was doing yeah. his duty to the to. To everyone in the prequels, right? at the, in that era. He encapsulates, like, one of the unsung victims of the prequels, which what? is oh, the clones. Yeah. Like, in, in a Re- Revenge of the Sith, because it's not really it's not really clear, because they didn't have that at that point, that they were manipulated into doing Order 66, yeah. you, d- you see clones as villains, and they're like, oh, it's okay, they're the pre- 
precursors to the stormtroopers. But through the Clone Wars, not only does it humanize the clones, you learn specific clones. You learn that like their their psychology of like who they are. If they were born to be soldiers, they are like unhappy with the war because it's like killing them. Yes. But they're also happy with it because without it, they wouldn't exist. So it's weird, this. It's this weird dichotomy it's, there. It's yeah. this terribly juxtaposing uh, yeah. like theme in there. There's ethical ideas which is uncommon like star wars is like has got some ideas but it never really tackles too much like the ethics of things because it's normally always very black and white it's all it's one of the most black and white things because there's a dark side and a light side exactly yeah yeah which is but then the clones come in and especially with fives is he is pretty much the poster boy of the victims how the clones have been manipulated is like one of his friends is goes off and they try and cover it up and he is determined to like prove like what's going on with his brothers, and it ends up resulting in his death. I know he was only trying to do the right thing, exactly. and because of the fact that Palpatine had his, it was pulling the strings with everyone. Oh, yeah, he he dies. Yeah, he gets killed because of the fact that even when uh, Fives tries to convince Anakin that Palpatine attacked him, yeah, and he was trying to uh, like you know he's in on it. It's like he's trying to tell Anakin and Rex when they're behind that ratio. Exactly. He, di- he did it. You need to listen to me. And Anakin is so hell-bent on the fact that Chancellor Palpatine can't be a bad person. Exactly. That he's like, no, you've gone too far now, Fives. Shut up. Right? Exactly. When, when Fives was doing the right thing the entire time and... Oh, it, it, is, it makes me sad just victim. talking about it. He's the biggest victim. Exactly. It's exactly like the way that he was controlled and... I mean, it eventually happens to every clone later on. But yeah. he was that precursor that he discovered things too early and it just meant that he was just he was swept up in the whole conspiracy that eventually led to his death. Yeah. And also his Rex, with his relationship with Rex, how Rex was adamant to try and save him, but he just couldn't do it. And then he learnt from that later on with uh, the Soka, yeah. which we'll get to. Yeah. That, that's, that's honestly, that's the best part about Clone Wars for me, is that every clone, they are genetically identical, they have the same voice, everything. But they are so different. Oh yeah, D. Bradley Baker is. D. Bradley Baker is champion. is just a champion in yeah. Clone Wars because they all have the exact same voice, but even in the slightest little bits of intonation in their voices makes them different. Because you know, if you take you know uh, uh, Rex and Cody for yeah. instance, because I was just watching yeah, Clone very Wars, because yeah. I was just rewatching Clone Wars season seven yesterday, and Cody's voice is slightly more like you know um, he's very by the books. Yeah, exactly. He has a, like a higher intonation to his mm. voice when Rex is more like you know lower, lower. Grizzled, yeah, yeah, because of all the stuff that's happened to him. Exactly. He's he says he says he's been under Anakin's command. If there's one thing that changes clones, it's under Anakin's command. Exactly. He says to Anakin, "I've watched so many of my brothers die in this war." Because, yeah. well, yeah. So that's why. Fives is my favourite Clone Wars character. We're nearing the end of this yeah. questionnaire now. The next question is your favourite Clone Wars arc. Yes. Basically, you know, you guys know what arcs are, but like they're basically those those three to four episode slabs that Clone Wars yeah. had in like, you know, season to season where they were yeah. one particular story and then yeah. they move on to the next one. Yeah, so they so, were generally yeah, in in the same chronological order. It was one episode that leads right into the next one, the same ideas and stuff. So then they were probably the most interesting because like I love that how in Clone Wars how you would have like an arc which would like have this con- self-contained you have a new character maybe shows up or a new location yeah so good so yeah so our favorite arc did you want to yes um up until recently it was actually the Umbara arc Oof, good. because Umbara uh the um, like you know that sort of turned that show into like it was always always the Clone Wars yes but this was really the Clone Wars that like these were soldiers on yeah. the battlefield. The entire time, you would normally... You have Pong Krell the entire yeah. time. 
But often these arcs are focused on Anakin, Obi-Wan, the Jedi's that are leading the clones, and they're in the background. The entire time for this arc, Rex, Fives, Jesse, Hardcase, they're all the main saving graces of the of of, of, of this arc, really. Mm, exactly. Yeah, so you get to was, learn about a lot of those more obscure five of first ones. Exactly. So that was my that was Originally. my that was my original answer. <laughs> I just, but I'm sorry, I just have to go with Order 66 oh. or the Siege of Mandalore after Season 7. Post, yeah, it's seven. so good. It and was. Because, it you, was because you know what? Throughout the entire time that I've been watching Clone Wars, and I've been watching Clone Wars for God knows how many years now. Yeah. Um, Probably since it came out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You never really think of... We all know the ending. Yeah. We all know how it's going to end. All yeah. these people, all these clones are going to end up betraying their Jedi yeah. and all these people, all, all the Jedi that they're facing are going to die. Like, you know... In those very first episodes, when when um, Plo Koon is trapped with those soldiers in the escape pod, when you're watching that, mm. you never really think one day those clones are going to kill Ponkrel. Uh, not Plo Koon. Plo Koon. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But that is the stark and saddening reality. Yeah. But it's not until Order sixty six where you're really actually reminded of that because you because you really get to see what happened on a battlefield that we didn't get to see in Revenge of the Sith, which was what was happening with Ahsoka. And yeah. you know, I like like the I said, way that it, it like connected to episode three, and you kept getting those like, oh, that's a scene in episode oh, three, that's a scene in episode three. Uh oh, it's gonna come. You you should have been there for my reaction when Ahsoka hears, "Don't listen to him, Anakin." You know stuff like that. You know that yeah. that exchange that happens between Anakin, Mace, and Sidious yep. in Revenge of the Sith. When that happened, I leaped out of my chair yep. or couch or whatever. Uh, so um, <laughs> under the roof. Yeah. So yesterday when I was watching Clone Wars Season 7, I actually watched Clone Wars Season 7 and Revenge of the Sith at the same time. Oh. I went, because I went back between my two Disney Plus tabs on my computer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pausing and playing, pausing and playing, so they would keep up to date on one another. Yes. To the point where they both intersect with that, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi transmission from Mace Windu. Yes. So they meet up at that point. Yeah. And based on the fact that I was watching it, I actually realised that Ahsoka's journey, like the end of that Clone Wars episode, yep. happens around the time that Obi-Wan boards Padme's ship to go to Mustafar. Oh. Right, because um, timing-wise, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually, so I was really interested to see what would happen once I did put them, you know, yes. uh, next to each other and watch them simultaneously. And that was a very fun experience for me. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, but it also made Order 66 in Clone Wars that much brutal to watch. Because when you see Rex's tear roll down his face, yeah. oh god, a tear roll down my face. Yeah. Because when he says, you need to find fives, find him, and he just, he, he holds on for that slight little, little bit, and then he starts shooting Ahsoka, and then the, the rest of the arc takes place. But yeah. um, it was actually a question that I was waiting to be answered at around the time that this arc came out, was... Obviously, in Rebels, you see that Rex exactly. removed his chip, so did Wolf, so did Gregor. Yep. So I was thinking, around the time that Order 66 happened, when you know Rex says, new transmission coming in, and that's when it starts, I was wondering if Rex yeah, had he his already chip. Removed it, I yeah. was wondering if it was already done. Because you know he had that grievance support with Fives. I was wondering yeah. if at any point in his downtime, did he think to investigate that and subsequently remove it? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but no, he didn't. He was still in there. Mm. Obviously, he gets out. And the rest of the arc takes place as it does, but yep. oh god, it's so so heartbreaking. Maul gets away. Maul gets and away. The, and she has to make the choices. Exactly, uh, and you know that that part at the end where she's laying out all the bodies in their helmets, and it just pans slowly over to Jesse's helmet. Yeah, he deserves so much better. Oh, Jesse was a. I mean, I, he acted. I guess he was an antagonist in that episode, but yeah, he was he was. he was so he was one of the best. Like that was probably the best appearance of Jesse on the show. 
Yeah, so that was your favourite arc. <laughs> My favourite arc is the Order 66 arc, which yeah. is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. That's... From, it's, it, yeah. It, it feels like a bit of a cop-out to make the most recent Not arc the, my, my favourite one. But There's it is, a reason just... everything was built up to it. It was yeah. the most significant it of was. the show. And, I mean, it, it sort of doesn't count as the Clone Wars, but it's still part of the episode. The Darth Vader scene at the end is yeah. just some of the most beautiful animation I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, because in that moment, he's he, you feel like it's Anakin for a couple of seconds yeah. again before he fades back into Darth Vader. Mm. Uh, but Michael, what's your choice? Okay, I really should have gone first because yours is much more significant. Uh, mine is just the Mon Cala arc. So <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's a great arc to talk about like, because that arc is really, um, really good. Like, yeah, it's it's got some flaws, like Gungan shop, and it's kind of you know interesting. But um, I just love it because you get to see Mon Calamari. You get the political conflict between the Quarren and the Mon Calamari. You get Kit Fisto showing up, lightsaber in through the water. Hell yeah! You got the Separatist Sharp. Um, ooh, what's his name? Uh, oh, uh, Rift Tamble. Rift Tamble, yes. Yes, and he's just a, he's like a, 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 a like you, you hate him as a, as a villain. But he's, he's still, oh, he's, he's yeah. awesome. He's awesome, but like, he, he works well as a villain because you, you are rooting against him. But also you see how the Quorum manipulated as well. Yeah. Like, I like it how, um, No Sarai isn't necessarily just like, this like, entirely unsympathetic villain. Like, he was friends with, uh, Lee Char's father. Yeah. And like, he, he feels like, yeah. Quarren haven't been represented and just to have this child who knows not what they're doing we, we want to have power and the Separatists are going to give us that and so they will manipulate it just like everyone else and yeah. I feel like it's just it's a fun arc that really expands in a part of Star Wars where we haven't really experienced much before yeah. personally, which is I, politics outside of the Republic personally I love that arc because you get to see Lee Char's ascension to the throne yep. and it wasn't perfect he had his struggles he didn't he wasn't acclimatised to being ruler of Mon Cala straight away yep. you get uh Anakin and Ahsoka, obviously. Yep. You get Padme. She gets in. She she she's in the fight, which she doesn't normally get into the fight a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, she was there as a Senate, but then yeah. the Senate wasn't much ready when they were just fighting. You get Jar Jar. Jar Jar shows up. You get Jar Jar, but in you know a good yeah, like it made sense that he was there because it was like we need an army, we need yeah. a water uh, designed army and a nearby ally system. He's Naboo. He's Naboo in it. Well. He's in it for the perfect amount of time. Yeah, he's not the main character. He's no, in it exactly. for a short time. The Gungans, they all show up. They help. <laughs> they great. utterly get defeated. <laughs> they do, but yeah. No, it's fun, and and it doesn't, and it, it there's like it's got patience in that. It, it they know how to have like time between the fights between the Quarren and the Moncala, and like the fights when they do happen are impactful. Like you just see Quarren and Moncala and clones just getting shot left and right, and when they bring in the secret weapons, it's and then like the twist when their Rift Hamble tries to take over at the end. It's just got a lot, and I think it's fun. I mean, it may not be as crazy impactful, and I agree, the, the Clone Wars one with the Order 66 is probably a better arc, but I just, I love them all. Two really, really good arcs, in my opinion, yeah. yeah. Final question. We have a final, final question, yes. Uh, and this final question is, favourite new character from The Mandalorian? Mm. Right. Uh, well, I might go first this time. My favourite new character is actually IG-11. He was great. He's great. One, he starts off as just a fun villain like he shows up he's there fighting with Mando like a, an effect like we get to see basically an IG droid like with in like modern day so they can actually like animate them well and like he clearly wants to self-destruct oh he's <laughs> yeah he's so effective as a, as a as a as a fighter like killing everyone like killing all the other people there and then when he fi gets to the when they eventually find the child and he, and he attempts to kill him and then Mando's like nope I'm a, I'm a sorry stop you, stop you right there but then when he comes back after after um, his friend, oh, what's his friend's name? The little 
I've I have got, spoken. Yeah, yeah um, I have spoken. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he brings him back, and he comes to the back as a nanny droid. I know. And then, he, and then his ending, and like his sacrifice is great, and he's voiced by um, Taika, Taika Waititi. So he's just, I love IG Eleven. He's great. He's great in the show. He's awesome. Yeah, uh, I just, I, I do love the way he he ends because he yeah. sacrifices himself exactly, which is great, and that that, that teaches Mando a lot about droids because yeah. the entire time. Oh, Mando hates the droids, which because, is great because they're re- they're the yeah. Because a lot of the time, obviously, because of the fact that he was threatened by a super battle droid when he I was forgot young. Forgot about that. That was a great thing about the Mandalorian, where they tie in that, uh, that yeah. history with the separatists. Yeah, because you know he he was threatened by the the, the separatist super droids. Of, droids. A super battle droid nearly kills him before yeah. he's saved by the Mandalorian. Which was an awesome looking scene as well, seeing as realistic. Oh yeah, CG. and for that reason, you know, he was uh, he didn't like droids, and then mm-hmm. once he he realizes that this droid sacrificed his well not his life but his existence yeah, exactly. for him um you know echoes blows you it, it changes it, it changes his his whole view and i like to see what changes in him in that area in season two yeah uh my favorite character in mandalorian is cara dune mm. i thought she was awesome yeah. we need a uh, like you know more like badass female characters in star wars and she yeah. is a prime example of Fun one. Fun backstory too, with like a rebel shock trooper. Yeah, ex shock trooper. That was awesome. Yeah. And uh, the way that you see her, just like you know, she's just chilling on a planet, and yeah. then the the, the, the uh, roped into it. The impact that she has in that, it's a, it's it's sort it's of evocative of the seven samurai sort of thing. Yeah, it was interesting. That was they did episode. in Clone Wars, like where they protect that village, and you know, she learned to like fight for a cause again. Yeah, and she doesn't. She, she. she she, does, she takes absolutely no shit from anyone, yeah. and that's just the best part about her. She's just For really, sure. really cool, really cool character. Yeah. And uh, I really hope that we get to see more of her in, you know, mm. season two. We, uh, you the know, Mandalorian's we... great because it's it's it keeps Star Wars going. Like wherever like, yeah, the Star Wars Skywalker saga, Skywalker saga is over right now, but we have got the Mandalorian to keep going. It's like it's great because it can keep that that hope that the Star Wars is continuing on. It's lots of fun. Yeah. So I love Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian's great. We're hoping to. Uh, I'm hoping that we get to see more of Cara Dune in season two. She yeah. did stay behind on that planet with Grief Cargo when yeah. Mandalorian they they both take off. Well, so I'm sure we'll see. Her, she's yeah. too awesome a character yeah. to to and uh, Gina Carano who plays her is yes. just so cool as a person. Perfect for the role. Yeah. That I hope we get to see more of her, which I'm pretty sure we will. Almost definitely, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the end of our yeah. list. And that was a lot of fun. That was a that was a lot of fun. We may, yeah. may not have rambled for a bit longer than we've expected. been going for a long time now. So I think that's where we're going to wrap up the yeah, episode. Almost, almost hit the two hour mark. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we're originally we were going to uh, review Cornwall season seven, but this is a long questionnaire. We had a lot of fun talking about it. So yeah. uh, I think that makes up an episode more than anything else can. So I think we we'll have to do it next time. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we'd love to review Cornwall season seven next time as so well as we plan on doing this weekly. So I'm, we'll have plenty of uh, time to talk about the content that comes out. So. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that is the end of the Star Wars questionnaire. I hope that gave you a little bit of an insight as to our preferences and our likes and our dislikes in terms of Star Wars. But we are Star Wars fans. Yes, because we are massive Star Wars fans, and that's why we've wanted to do this uh, Star Wars podcast for a while now. Yeah, a bit of a passion about it. Yeah, Yeah, so you want to start wrapping it up? Yeah, so thank you all for for listening. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, we're all new to this, so, I mean, it'll be first time listening, first time us making it, so uh, hopefully, yeah, give us a little bit of time to get into our feel... Uh, make 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 us fam- like we get familiar with the format of like how how long it takes us to actually talk about things, how much we ramble. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. That's, it seems as though we take a while. And yeah. that's, that's the answer. <laughs> I think the most important thing is if you enjoyed it, if you maybe you learned something obscure, or maybe you learned something about us as hosts, or 
Uh, as long as you just have a fun love of Star Wars and you just want to listen, then that's then we're happy. Because that's really what this is. We're not trying to like you know force our opinions on anyone. We are really just wanting to have a nice Star Wars is diverse and Star anyone Wars. can love it. And we love it. And there are things we love about it. And there are things we don't like about it. But we all share the love of Star Wars together. The whole reason we started this podcast was because the discussions that we had were just so casual and so nice yeah. to listen to, in our opinion that we thought that it would make a great podcast for people to listen to because we just love to talk about Star Wars with people as well as each other. So sure. thank you so much for listening. Yeah, for those people who for listening, yeah. Are, if you've made it this far. Yeah, exactly. If you have made it this far, well, well yes, done. you there specifically. You listening, yes, you made you're it this listening, far, well done. If you're listening right now, we don't know your name, we don't know where you are. But you've we done a good but, job. But we love you. Oh, so much, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, so we've built a little bit of a, uh, a following on Facebook so far, so hopefully <laughs> those people... Not insignificant. Uh, yeah, so the, hopefully the people who have followed us so far are listening, and mm. if you haven't, uh, please do. Tell us to your friends. Yeah, tell your friends, tell your parents. Tell, tell your, your Star Wars friend who's like obsessed, who's got all the comic books, all the books, say, hey, these two Australian kids are making a Star Wars podcast. Come, podcast, come listen. Yeah, uh, tell anyone <laughs> you know who loves Star Wars or just likes to listen to good discussion, yes. uh, tell, us to, tell them to find us at the Telling the Odds podcast feed on Apple Podcasts. Yes, uh, like us on Facebook. I hope you've really, really enjoyed this uh, this podcast. I know we, we enjoyed. Have, yeah. I know we enjoyed making it, and if this is going to be a weekly thing, I am very looking, very much looking forward to keeping it going. Yeah, definitely. Um, as for what you guys can do, rate us, leave a review, uh, subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts as well. We are also available on Spotify. Uh, we're available on very many uh, podcast platforms, which I'll be leaving links to in the description of this podcast because because there's so many of them yeah. that we can just you know, I I honestly lose count of how many platforms we're on. But, uh, wherever you want, wherever you can normally get your podcast from. Yeah, there's quite a couple of them, so uh, stay tuned for more. We'll most likely have a lot of news and just stuff to talk about to give our opinions on. Definitely. News, we'll talk about Season 7 next week. Yep. We'll actually be able to get to it. Exactly. We won't spend two hours talking about a questionnaire. Well, actually, questionnaire should be on the Facebook page if you want to answer it yourself, the, qu the list of questions. Yes, the, the list of questions that we used will be available on the Facebook page. Thank you very much for reminding me, <laughs> Michael. Uh, it'll be available on the po on the Facebook page. You guys, leave us your answers. Yeah, there's twenty there's twenty one questions. Mm. Leave us your answers in your comments, and the and the person who we like the best, you might even get a shout out in next week's yes. episode. Yes, we get a shout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. This has been telling the odds. <laughs>